The views and opinions expressed on Red Planet are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect those of Red Planet nor any affiliated or related entities. This podcast is provided for educational purposes only. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Red Planet. This week we sat down with Alice Caldwell-Kelly from Trash Future to discuss the impact automation will have on our political systems and how terrified billionaires are building bunkers to survive it. Plus, moderators are revolting against the companies that own their platforms, UPS workers are planning a strike, and the NYPD continues to be just the worst. But first, a brief discussion of aesthetics. So I'm saying that obviously looking at our outfits, right? Tim, you got the little the little black uh, fisherman's hat. You got the the black sweater. Mule is in just a black tank top. Uh, in the in the dark with like a fucking stadium light on you for some reason, as if you're tunneling into the bank, right? And I've accidentally dressed myself like a slutty cheerleader this morning. So yeah. it's obvious so- we're pulling off some kind of heist. And I just want to mm. say I want to figure out what it is, right? So you're running distraction. And I yes, feel definitely. like Mule is Mule's probably either, Can I just like, say though? Can I just say though if man. I if I have to, I will like cartwheel through some lasers and stuff too. Oh like, yeah, if it's, yeah, yeah. Could be part Catherine of it. Catherine Zeta Jones style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Low beneath the lasers. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm feeling like I'm definitely cracking safes or some, some <laughs> yeah, but, um, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um yeah, no, um I I don't know. Um, I don't even know if like does safes even work like that anymore? Or are they just like is there a little <laughs> microchip in there? Or is maybe a maybe a mechanical setup is more safe than a you know like a digital setup that can be hacked? But um, you got to have like uh, two people. They got separate keys, and they yeah, also yeah, yeah. do a retina scan and a fingerprint and a blood mm. test, and then they also and have an no password. Yeah. An aspirin, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> a, a, a rectal recognition system. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They say that um, that everybody's butthole is unique, <laughs> like a thumbprint. So um, that's what my sex yeah. tape is called: rectal recognition system. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to, to Red, Red Planet, Planet, everyone. everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jinx. Um, wow. Yeah, cool. it's 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 the show where we do a funny and then we say, what's the base thing? What's the most base thing that we did this week? And I'm going to go to Tim. I like was just thinking, like, I've just been working, like, solidly. I didn't even, like, it's, like, I have no concept of time at the moment, um, which is why I haven't been here for the last, you know, two streams, by the way. Um, just been out of town working was down in Wellington, um, probably did something base. I feel like I was doing sick tattoos on sick people down there. Um, sick in the good way. I don't know. That's like, is that a, is that a thing over in the UK? Do people say sick? People say sick. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of sick yeah. as hell. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I assume that's what you meant when you said sick people. I didn't think you were. You know, yeah, no, going no. Around, going around the hospital, really like, horrible. Yeah. before you pass, is there any tattoo you've always wanted for the bucket list? Yeah. <laughs> I have, I have actually heard of people doing that with like, um, like our like traditional tattooing and, um, you know, like, and even, um, uh, I've, I've, I know of some people that performed a traditional Samoan tattoo, well, finished it on a, um, on a deceased person. Oh, wow. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's considered, uh, un- while it's, 
it's the same with um same with DAOs, uh where it's while it's unfinished you're considered in kind of like a spiritually vulnerable uh, space oh so, shit um, you know sometimes necessary um yeah. but yeah nah, uh, my most base thing was yeah probably going down to wellington and uh catching up with a bunch of based maori artists and tattooing them and talking about our ideas and various projects and stuff not um not particularly exciting but um i think it was fun it was good um that's what i did what about uh what about dj mule what's um what's donald john mule been up to Thanks, Tim. Um, the most based thing that I did this week was um, basically yesterday uh, we had the annual general meeting of our uh, union. So I was there for that. Basically, we've had like a, a whole weekend of stuff going on. Um, unfortunately, me and my partner, we couldn't make because uh, my partner's a member of the union as well because uh, she's based as hell and hot. Um, and she, we couldn't go down to the Friday event, which was basically a showing of one of our members' films. They basically did a, a, a documentary about one of the campaigns that um, kind of got the tenants' union uh, kicking off called Block the Block, which is basically a, you know, it, it just just a, an awesome campaign that stopped the uh, development of a massive student block of flats. You know, we're talking completely unaffordable, buy-to-let um, investment stuff. Um, and so, yeah, we couldn't make it down to that, but everybody said it was amazing. The tickets were sold out, basically. That's, that's why we couldn't go. Um, and then yesterday we had our main sort of like event, which was in collaboration with, um, the housing justice network, which we are a part of alongside Greater Manchester Law Center, who are very similar to Good Law Project. Um, and also the, uh, Greater Manchester immigration aid unit um so there was a lot of really awesome um talks from like people from our union people from gmiau uh people from gmlc talking about you know uh, all kinds of things like anti-deportation actions um you know what it, what it means to be an ally uh in terms of like you know racial justice and, and stuff like that with with relation to housing and with relation to immigration and, and asylum seekers um and there was lots of really awesome participation from our members in the audience it was really really good uh, day and then after that i was dragged away by one of the coolest new members of our union uh to be honest and biased by asked because he's another bisexual man um and he basically dragged me down to um a place that i've taken sophie before called the naya center if you remember that yeah like love that place really place. cool extremely cool yeah and um uh, there was a, a performance of, from a guy called uh, George Washington. Not that George Washington. He's dead. Come on, get with the times. Um, but he's he's uh, he's a black guy from the states and apparently was homeless. Um, and someone sort of like I don't know, like like um, found him and, and realized he was like a really good composer and he composed this like amazing fifty piece orchestra um, called uh, A Story of a People Called Black which is obviously a lot to do with like the story of like black people struggles all over the world. Um, and it was like just a really fantastic show. And then after that, you know, the, the opposite, another place that I took Sophie, we went to Hume garden center where there was just this like really cool festival going on. And yeah, it was just really, really nice. Just hanging out with a lot of awesome based people, um, lots of love in the sun. Um, and it was good to get out and like see a lot of people that I have not really 
seen in a long time. I haven't really been out and socialized that much since COVID in case people aren't aware. Um, and because like most of this was outside, obviously I was, I was there like a shot and, um, my partner was even saying like, oh my God, you know, so many people. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to boast. It's not like, do you know what I mean? Just cause you know, loads of people doesn't mean you, you're cool in any way. You might have been a dickhead or something. Do you know what I mean? But like, um, it was dead funny. There was this one guy that I've like not seen since lockdown and he was like, so absolutely startled by how I've got a beard. Like he'd never seen me with a beard. And obviously he's not seen me in like four years. And the first thing that he sees is just this huge beard and you just couldn't stop talking about it. He's like, Neil, um, you've gone gnome mode. What happened? Literally, that's what he said. He, those exact words. He was like, bro, <laughs> you have gone gnome central. Where, well, how did you get the train? How much did it cost? Um, but that's me. And that was, that was the most, um, that was the most base thing that I did. It was yesterday. It was really, really fun. And uh, Sophie, what is the most base thing that you did this week? I'm trying really hard to think of anything based. I got a tattoo on Monday. Uh, it's the tramp stamp that says public universal girlfriend. Um, I'm pretty happy nice. with that one. Um, it's got like a little 3D red and blue shimmer effect going on. Um, I like I like that it's a reference to the public universal friend, the famous Quaker, and that if I met any Quakers, I could tell any Quaker I meet that like the the horniest tattoo I have is a reference to the Quakers, and also they'll probably be cool with that because Quakers are pretty cool people. Um, I suppose I've been doing some writing this week about the queer community, uh, like people I'm in community with and the London trans community, especially, uh, because I'm nearly at the end of my project. The world is not ending. I've been talking about it for ages and ages because I've been working on it for ages and ages. And I realized the kind of best place to leave it at the end of the project would be to talk about communities of care and how people come together to overcome precarity together. And I thought, shit, I'm actually in a great example of that, the queer community right now. We've talked about it on the show before, examples of mutual aid, right? Um, so I've been doing some writing kind of about my friends, which has been kind of nice, kind of based to like highlight ways that like my friends take care of each other and are in community together and like make each other's lives better. That's been really nice. So that's me. Um, we don't have based viewers this week. Uh, no one in the audience was based at all <laughs> cringe. this week but so cringe. we want to know what based things you've been doing so if you do based things this week let us know you can message us on twitter instagram or tiktok or send an email to based at redplanetshow.com include your name and pronouns if you're cool with that and we may shout you out in a later episode cool that's uh that's enough being based it's time to be cringe and read the news that is i'll cringe. start uh stack overflow moderators are on strike uh, people aren't familiar with Stack Overflow, uh, then they haven't done any programming before. Uh, and if you have done any programming, you thank God every day when you wake up for Stack Overflow. Uh, volunteers, after being ignored, are going on strike in order to protest recent actions taken by the company Stack Overflow. In short, Stack Overflow is prohibiting moderators from removing AI-generated answers, which both contributes to less reliable answers being posted and takes community control away from which, uh, away from which content they want posted. The volunteers would also like to remind the corporation that stuff volunteer moderators are not being uh, not to be taken for granted, saying we would also like to be reminded Stack Overflow Incorporated, the network that entirely relies on volunteers for its moderation model, cannot then consistently ignore, mistreat, and malign those same volunteers. 
which is fantastic uh, to see even people who aren't actually paid for their labor, they are volunteer moderators, uh, going on strike just to show how important their, their labor is. Uh, show, you know, just reminds you like the, the same methods of collective power and collective bargaining work uh, all over. Their complaints from the open letter. Specifically, moderators are no longer allowed to remove AI-generated answers on the basis of being AI-generated outside of exceedingly narrow circumstances. This results in effectively permitting nearly all AI-generated answers to be freely posted, regardless of established community consensus on such content. In turn, this allows incorrect information, colloquially referred to as hallucinations, and plagiarisms to pro- proliferate unchecked on the platform. This, t- this destroys trust in the platform, as Stack Overflow Incorporated has previously noted. In addition, the details of the policies issued directly to moderators differ substantially from the guidelines outlined publicly, with moderators barred from publicly sharing the details. These policies disregard the leeway historically granted to individual stack exchange communities to determine their policies by making changes without the input of the community, overriding community consensus, and outright refusing to reconsider their position. Until this matter is resolved satisfactory, stack overflow moderators will be pausing activities, including, but not limited to, raising and handling flags, running smoke detector, the anti-spam bot, Closing or voting to po- uh, closing or voting to close posts, deleting or voting to delete posts, reviewing tasks in the various re- review queues, running various other bots designed to assist in moderation, such as detecting plagiarism, low quality answers, and rude comments. So, if you want to add your names to the complaint, there is an open letter. Uh, it is at openletter.mousetail.nl. That's openletter.mousetail.nl. T-A-I-L dot N-L. Uh, and you can go there and add your, your name to the thing, which I'll be doing in a minute while uh, while Mule is telling us about Reddit moderators. It's it's happening. It's Reddit. Oh, they made it onto Red Planet. Can you believe it? Um, I'm so, so glad they've made Reddit illegal. Th- it's really good, to be honest. Um, so basically, m- many people might have heard about this, um, but we're going to tell you about it anyway. Um, so Reddit blackout, Reddit moderators are on strike. Um, there are a lot of subreddits that are inactive. So starting off strong with the problem. Um, so Reddit has uh, significantly increased its API pricing, forcing third party app uh, developers to stop providing services. Apps can no longer show ads, which was a primary source of revenue. So not only do they have to pay exorbitant fees, they can't even mitigate those fees with ads. Uh, many of these third-party apps have been used for moderation, for example, moderation bots, uh, and better user control over their experience, including accessibility for disabled users. Although after massive pushback, Reddit claims the price hikes won't apply to accessibility apps. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Uh, not safe work content is also no longer allowed on third-party apps with the API change. Uh, these API changes were made with zero consulting with moderators or users. In fact, Reddit Corporation has made abrupt changes like this so many times in the past that entire subreddits have been created to track and manage these changes while moderators scramble to keep up. So uh, as a result of this, uh, from June the 12th to the 14th, uh, moderators of nearly 9,000 subreddits switched to private mode, preventing anyone from accessing them. Many of those subs remain inaccessible days later, and today more than 4,000 subreddits actually remain closed. Uh, Reddit has threatened, apparently, to invite new active moderators to open subreddits. It's just like scabs. They're do- they're getting scabs. That's basically what they're what they're doing. Um, and Reddit CEO Steve Huffman 
um, has gone so far as to suggest rule changes that would allow moderators to be voted out. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely a fan of democracy, but I don't really think there's going to be much um, in the way of democracy in, in how they would implement this, probably. Um, you know, with, with, by the very nature of Steve Huffman being a CEO. Um, so that's Reddit. That's what's going down. Um, yeah, so solidarity to, to everyone who is... Never thought I'd say that. Solidarity to everyone on, on who is yeah, uh, blacking solidarity out Solidarity to Reddit. To Reddit. Users. Oh, users. So oh, oh. Ah, part of me is dying. Critical support to people who use Reddit a lot. <laughs> but... Um, Tim has got some more, um, I guess, palatable solidarity to uh, tell us that we can have with with people. Why don't you tell us, Tim? <laughs> a, a morsel, a morsel of solidarity. <laughs> um, so, UBS have a strike planned uh, for August, and uh, yes, yeah, so workers for the United Parcel Service voted this week to authorize their union. So, congratulations. The, um, the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, which I think is actually an organization that's been around a long time, but it's just like, you know, they're getting it authorized and all this kind of stuff. Um, the word Teamsters is so, like, funny to me, though. It sounds like, you know, like um, a kid's show, like the Teamsters or something like that. But it's um, apparently a really old term for, like, truck drivers and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it sounds like the International Brotherhood of of people that just love being in a team. But um, no, Teamsters is like an old old name for a trucker, I guess. Um, I think it actually predates that. I think it's from when they had like little horses and buggies and stuff. But um, yeah, the union reports 97% of workers approved of the action. So overwhelming success, 97%. This vote shows that hundreds of thousands of Teamsters are united and determined to get the best contract in our history at UPS. Teamsters General President Sean M. O'Brien said in a statement Friday, if this multi-billion dollar corporation fails to deliver on the contract that our hardworking members deserve, UPS will be striking itself. So, um... Yeah, which is, um, yeah, pretty hectic. You know, it's like this thing, right? It's like these companies are, yeah, multi-billion dollar corporations, right? Like, you know, there's um, there's wiggle room there. There's a smidge, a smidge of wiggle room. Um, so U- UPS handles 25% of all parcels shipped in the United States. The strongest leverage our members have is their labor, and they are prepared to withhold it to ensure UPS acts accordingly, O'Brien said. According to Teamsters Local 89, the demands from the union include no more excessive overtime, no more two-tier pay, higher part-time pay, more full-time jobs, job security for feeders and package drivers, and video camera and harassment protection. So, I mean, it's like, it's all pretty solid, like regular kind of stuff, you know? Do we know if that would mean like legal protect, like, you know, like them stepping into, like, how do you protect someone from video camera harassment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder. Um, I'm not really sure. Um, mm. But yeah, I wonder if it, you know, like, um, I remember years ago, I worked for an internet service provider. This is like mm. a long, long time ago. And um. Part, and I remember when they changed the policy that was basically if someone swears at you, you don't have to help them. And how that was like a big deal <laughs> nice. at the time. Okay, that's it was cool. like, you know, like you were allowed to give them a warning or whatever like that. But if someone was like really shit to you on the phone, you could just be like, hey, look, I'm not going to tolerate that kind of treatment. Um, you know, I'm going to terminate this call. <clears throat> 
And in extreme cases, you could even like, you know, cancel their account if they had been, you know, really shit. So I, um, I imagine with the mail, it's a tricky one because there's that kind of guarantee that it's like, you have to give someone their mail. Technically it's their property and stuff, but you know, you're probably going to have to put up a little bit of shit when you're delivering stuff. I guess imagine in, you know, like we're talking about America, the country where people get like shot for pulling into the wrong driveway. So, you know, um, I imagine that UPS, um, yeah, UPS. So you're saying what they mean by protection against video harassment is, uh, they're going to give every UPS driver a 12 gauge. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every um, every mailman now carrying the Shinzo Abe deleter by default. Yeah, I just um yeah I'm not not particularly sure, but I imagine that they I, I imagine they just put up with a lot of shit, and there's probably some um some very For specific sure. ways that people fuck with them. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, if UPS were to strike, it would be the largest single employer strike in U.S. history. There's wow, more than three hundred forty thousand package delivery drivers and warehouse logistics workers nationwide. UPS Airlines pilots who are members of Independent Pilots Association Union would support the picket line just like they did in 1997. So that's kind of cool, a little bit of solidarity. Um, in the same same business, but different, you know, different sides of, side of it, the actual pilots flying around the packages and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's um, that's interesting because... You know, like I feel like everyone's been complaining about the way that um the um the post is going in America at the moment, and it's kind of been like there's been a shift towards, or there's been a failing of the public service pushing people towards using private services, and now these private services are like, hey, well, you know, like we get treated like shit, so you know we're gonna strike as well, and it's kind of just like you have to address this stuff at some point, right? Like you can't just, um, you can't just pretend it's not happening. Yeah. It's like the state using public private partnership to like, just replace all of what should very. It's just like some things very obviously should be state infrastructure. Like you can, uh, I don't know, like fucking Yu-Gi-Oh trading cards or whatever. I can, I can imagine uh, not, not really needing to be anything other than a a market where people are uh, swapping around and paying money for them. But like, um, But like the mail, you know, like that's something that you'd really like everyone to have kind of equal access to and like trains and stuff. Um, And it's just kind of fucking bizarre to have like private companies managing this stuff. And then the inevitable result is like the workers who are a massive, massive body of like a huge workforce. uh, They're going to talk to each other sooner or later. (laughs) And then they're going to and then they're going to have some thoughts. (laughs) Um. Yeah, so that's pretty interesting. Well, um, I will obviously keep an eye on that as it develops. I think it was, um, yeah, the strike. Uh, so they've approved the action. Uh, the strike isn't planned until August, just a little while away. So we'll, um, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, but a little bit closer to home for me. So why don't you tell us about this next little piece about what's been happening down here in um, Aotearoa, New Zealand? Well, I think. Absolutely. So, uh, self-ID law goes into effect in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Uh, 18 months after the passage of the Births, Deaths, Marriages and Relationship Registration Bill, New Zealanders may now use a self-identification process to change the registered sex on birth certificates and identify as non-binary. So, um, this is kind of cool. This is, this is, uh, uh, a big deal to trans people. This whips, um, so 
self id i mean let's let's read a little bit first so a little bit more first so the uh the new process re removes requirements to apply to the family court and have proof of medical treatment people can instead file and submit a statutory statutory declaration to the registrar registrar general a legal guardian must file the application for those aged 15 or younger and will require a letter of support from a third party, seemingly anyone aged 18 or older who has known the person for a year or more. 16 and 17 year olds can self-submit without with a support letter or a guardian or guardian consent. Um, yeah, I mean, that's like, honestly, like, this is a thing that the, 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 the stipulations regarding trans kids there, like, I don't want to... Um, when when a discussion is very high stakes and very very tense, especially as someone who was not like out as trans as a kid myself, don't want to like put my foot in it. But like, um, there are certain points where you where you see that people are like, well, there has to be some kind of different thing for for kids in some way, um, and it's always a really frustrating conversation because it's basically like fascists are just using this as a wedge point to be like, we can't just let kids have the same thing uh, like we're having for adults, the same process. And then they, they use that to get through the rest of the the rest of the wedge, which is just like no trans people should have any kind of yeah, care whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And I'm ultimately yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, I don't think I mind so much there being like a you know some kind of age under which it's like maybe things are a little different. Um, but honestly, like this is the kind of thing I mean when I say that. So I'm I'm really glad to be able to point to a real example and be like, yeah, I think that's pretty that's pretty cool actually. That like, yeah, uh, if you're under 15, uh, you need uh uh like the application filed for you um and you and you need someone who's over 18 to like vouch that they support you that's pretty fucking cool uh the fact that it's a legal guardian that's still like there are obvious pro like very obvious problems with that but like you know that's it's still that, that's still a pretty cool uh way to to stratify things just to like people who don't know kind of the impact that this has like at the moment i have I have not got a uh, a it's called a gender recognition certificate here in the UK um, to change my name and sex on my birth certificate uh, because it's it's just a list of transgenders that the government has right like you yeah, it's like yeah. it's a it's a, it's a massive hassle like, um... to go through to get it like you have to have evidence of you living as yourself for each three months since you came out. So if you've been out for like five years or whatever, you need to have like, you know, 20 documents evidencing this. It's fucking ridiculous, right? I know um, people that kind of object their EWI registry, like the kind of, right. you know, like the kind of tribal registry and shit for the same reason where it's kind of like, I'm, you know, it's like, I'm Maori. Everyone knows I'm Maori. I don't need to go to the government and be on their Maori list or whatever like that. Like, um, so I know like heaps of people that are not registered. Um, yeah, like I think most of the people in my family are registered, but I feel like if I thought about it at the time, like when I was younger or whatever, I'd probably be like, mm, I don't know if I really need to do that. Like, right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's as well. I don't want, I don't want to be misunderstood by people as well. Cause I'm often saying like, uh, that it's the, uh, I can't use one of my favorite words in describing this, so I'm going to be saying transgender instead. It's a transgender license, and it's you know it's a, it's a transgender registry, right? It's just people being registered as a transgender by the by the government, and I'm just like zero T slow pass. I, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and I'm just like you know I don't want to be misunderstood as sounding kind of like tinfoil hat when I say I don't want to be on the list by the government. It's it's. Like, there's a bit of that because the government fucking hates people like me, but also, like, the government would not have a hard time figuring out that I am trans, right? So, like, 
So like, it's not really like, I think I'm going to get away with something that way around. It's more like, I don't want to be, it's exactly what you just said, right? It's like, I, I, I do not give the government the like power to read, to recognize me as trans, like I'm trans and that should be enough. And in the same way, uh, the, you know, the, the self ID thing is really cool. Like I, yeah. So I have like, my passport has changed at the moment. My driver's license still has my old name on it. Um, and so like, I need to get that change at some point. It's just been me being terminally broke. That's held that up. Right. But it's just like, it leads to situations where like, I was buying a vape the other day. Uh, the the woman at the checkout in Big Te- in, sorry in Little Tesco, my bad. Um, uh, like wanted to see my ID. She saw it, and then like she has uh, misgendered me like a couple of times since. Like it's always you know it's like it's always quick interactions when you're when you're at a checkout. So it's always flashes by, and then it's like shit. I don't want to go back to tell her to blah blah blah. But I come away feeling bad, right? And it's like. Um, not having the right documents can lead to situations like that where the person like this is my honest to God vibe check. Like, I don't think she means me any ill will whatsoever, but she's seen a document that says I'm male and says my old name on it. And now she's got an idea in her head. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's uh, yeah. Being able to change your documents that easily is a big deal. It's really, it really just like makes everything so simple. I feel like for like, an older person that's probably listened to too much talk back radio or like, you know, like, I don't know, even like turf or shit or whatever like that. <laughs> if they're like, I can imagine them being like, this person's obviously a woman, <clears throat> but the ID says, man, like, is this, is this, a, am I talking to a trans man? Then, you know, right, right. they want to be respectful. And I, and I, and to be fair to them, I, I gave them a document that said this thing on it. And it's like, see, if I could change that document easier, I would. Right. So that's yeah, the, exactly. that's the thing. Um, so yeah, it's just really cool. Yeah. One thing that I did notice as well, I just had a quick scan over it. Um, we have the little thing in the notes where it says um, 16 and 17 year olds can self submit with support letter or guardian consent. So that support letter doesn't need to be from a guardian or anything. It's actually, um, it can be from a registered professional. So um, doctors, psychologists, psychotherapists, social workers, nurses, and counselors. So that's actually oh, like okay. a bit more open than I thought. Cause I, I, I thought that was, you know, like a support letter from your guardian or your guardian, you know, being you know, whatever like that. That's the thing. Like there is an obvious flaw if you have to have your legal guardian, because your legal guardian could be a transfer. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So that's a bit more open and also, yeah, obviously it adds non-binary as a kind of recognized yes. identity that you can, you can be on paper over here. I'm indifferent, throwing word, ambivalent, right? I, I, I have two kind of positions at once. Like that is cool. On the other hand, like, why does the government need to know our genders at all? Like, I don't, th- I, I actually don't think that we need for any paperwork to necessarily say what our gender is. Like, I do think that like, you know, it can be relevant to doctors <laughs> and then it's relevant socially, but it just, I, I just don't see why a passport needs to have it or whatever. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. No, I get that. And it's similar to before. I know many people um, like Maori in particular that like have said like, this is cool. And I'm glad that, you know, like, that this is a thing, but I'm probably not going to do it because I don't want, you know, like the government has nothing to do with my gender identity sort of thing. And I'm not exactly the real, like tipping their hand with regard to the 
transgender license was like they lowered the price from i don't know what it was before it was like a couple hundred quid or whatever like down to five pounds and it's like that's too low for it to really cover any kind of administrative costs. Like that's not real. That's not a real cost that couldn't just be absorbed and made down to zero, but they're deliberately lowering the bar to try and make it. So like, Hey, it's more accessible. You more of you could do it. And I was like, okay, now I really, really don't want to do it because now everyone like now it actively feels like you want to get all, get everyone registered. I don't like that. Yeah. 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 Now um, you're trying to, you know, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely feel that sentiment where it's like, okay i mean yeah it's you're lowering the bar in a time when it's like there is such a kind of i guess like anti-trans sentiment in politics and media and all this kind of stuff like it's if, if, if everything was going great and turfs weren't like totally just you know like so i guess ingrained in fucking absolutely everything over there it seems some times you know it'd be like oh yeah cool awesome they've made it cheaper but it's kind of like oh is this the time you want to go on a list uh i don't know i'm, I'm gonna be a hard one to please on this because i'm an anarchist so it's like if we were talking about like sophie what's your ideal solution regarding the state and your gender i'd be like well the state wouldn't exist and my gender would continue to exist <laughs> uh but like i don't know i i do think that i do think that what Aotearoa has just done like it's pretty close to it's pretty close to like what seems like a sensible way the main change i would say is like i just don't see a need for gender markers on passports and stuff yeah yeah yeah. yeah, other than that like yeah fine yeah it would be wild if they were just like gone (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. you could get you could get mixed up with another tim with the same full name but who's a woman that's happened before legitimately the same name and middle name and everything like that and it was it was fucking wild we um a friend of ours had both put us on the on the list at a festival um and so we were basically walked up and knew that we both had the same friend we're just chatting didn't even ask names and then um i was like oh yeah this is my name on the list now okay and then this other guy was like wait a minute are you trying to get my spot and I was like, no, this is this is mine. And he's like, what the fuck? So we had to pull out ideas, and it was just like this wild thing of just like, what are the what are the odds of this? You know, like I'm That's already so a twin, but then this other person. Is yeah. But um, there's your biological twin and your legal twin. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're the <laughs> same. You and Greg are the same to look at. You and Tim are the same on paper. <laughs> yeah. Mule, we have another trans story, uh, but now you're going to tell me about it. I am going to do that, Sophie. Um, yeah, so as some of you might know, it's uh, Pride Month and I think it is really important as always to remember that Pride uh, would not be a thing without people like Marsha P. Johnson um, and a bunch of um basically trans women of color, uh, black trans women, and uh, yeah, all all kind of like surrounding the the village area of New York City um, and the Stonewall Inn. And uh, this story is um, even more relevant because, uh, you know, if you're watching this, if you're in the Twitch chat, um, you know, obligatory 1312 ACAB foot cops. Um, because the cops, the New York City Police Department, decided to kick off Pride Month by arresting a trans activist called Queen Jean. Queen Jean, if you don't know her, um, she is basically a um, really, really sort of like loud, um, you know, 
big sort of like, you know, figure on the trans scene, on the queer scene in New York City. Um, and yeah, they, they just decided to arrest her, basically. The, the footage kind of shows that like, they, they've been out, they basically, Queen Jean and, and a bunch of other queer people in uh, New York City have been out, um, pretty much, I think every day um since since you know there's been so many anti-trans bills and stuff like that like like they made it sort of like a either a weekly or a daily thing to to march and basically show support for trans people all all over the nation um all over the united states basically and yeah so like one night on on basically like the first of june or right or, or the night before i think oh no sorry it's the night before the first june may 31st um queen jean and a bunch of other people were you know getting ready to march as they normally would and um yeah she she was basically you know the, the cops were there they were being way more intense than they normally are um you know trying to block everybody from marching trying to block everybody from 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 doing this um and queen jean was leading the calls you know leading the march itself uh and so of course they singled her out you know um and the the cops basically started advancing in a violent manner according to uh you know everyone who was there sort of ran at them and uh we all know like how that can feel if you've ever been out on a protest if you've ever been a place where the cops are like you know when the cops like do that sort of like movement people are gonna get hurt you know what i mean the cops are violent bastards and they will just hurt people so naturally everybody legged it uh queen jean herself ran into like a deli um, and they arrested her in there and they basically like backed up one of the vans all the way there so that, so that people couldn't see, like, so that press couldn't see, um, so that, you know, just bystanders in general couldn't see that, like, you know, they were just arresting like a, a, a literally innocent black trans woman, you know what I mean? Like, like literally done nothing wrong. Um, you know, and, and the whole time. The footage is heartbreaking, you know, because it's one of them, like she's there along with all of her, you know, queer siblings and allies like they're basically, you know, telling the cops like this is our First Amendment rights, like these are our First Amendment rights, like you, we have a right to come together, um, you know, and march, uh, you know, in solidarity around a specific political cause, that is our First Amendment rights, like you're violating our First Amendment rights. And of course, anyone who you know, sees that is, is going to know that like, yeah, it's, it, it is, it's their first amendment, right? And, and, and the cops are basically just like shitting all over that. Um, and of course, singling out one of the most vulnerable people in the, uh, in the crowd, essentially. Um, so it's really, really shit. Um, I've kind of waxed a little lyrical over this because I know the story, um, a, a, a little bit. I, I, I basically, you know, sort of submitted this to, to read out, uh, this week and, and it, but we do have some like, other things that people have added in the notes. Um, yeah, basically this happened a couple of weeks ago. The news has been so wild this month. We just hadn't gotten to it basically. And um, yeah, yeah, they, they, they arrested Queen Jean. Um, she was speaking into a bullhorn. I got that. Yeah. And, and she, yeah, she ducked into a deli. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, this is, this is another bit of uh, uh, 
uh, information just added to this story. But noise noise ordinances in New York City make it illegal uh, to use a megaphone without a permit, which seems to have been the justification for arresting Queen, who was charged with uh, disorderly conduct, basically. Um, the arrest was reportedly performed by the department's strategic response group. Yeah, so another another really important part of this. Um, they, they are a so-called anti-terrorism unit, better known for beating up protests, um, you know, coming at, coming at a time when the city is negotiating a new budget and facing significant pressure to disband it. So another thing to note here is that pink news, you know, pink news are all right. I think they're okay, but they can be a little short-sighted sometimes. Um, and they did a bit of a puff piece for Eric Adams, mayor of New York City, um, recently. And they were basically saying that he was saying, oh, everybody should be free to be who they are. And, and he was like marching in the pride march and shit like that. Don't fucking arrest black trans women then, you piece of shit. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I just thought it was such a really, really, really bad story. It's bad reporting, right? Because, you know, if you, if you were, if, if, you know, if I was running a queer journalistic outlet, journalist company, um, you know, I would want to make sure that if I was going to report on something happening in New York City, that I, you know, knew people on the scene in New York City. I knew people um, in the, in the you know, radical queer spaces in, in New York City. And, you know, if you did, you would know about Queen Jean. And then you wouldn't be so, uh, I don't know, excited to sing the praises of uh, Eric Adams, you know? So I just, I just think it is such a fucking ridiculous story. Um, and, and it, it just screams of like, you know, I don't know if I'm using this right, but is it client journalism when like a, when like a, a, a politician is like, yeah, you know, write a nice story about I me or so, yeah. give you some money. Do you know what I mean? It just kind of reeks of client journalism. It reeks of that shit to me personally. Um, if I'm using that correctly yeah. or, you know, like it, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, really, really important to um just sort of highlight this you know it's it's black trans women you know are are the most um violently assaulted and killed uh demographic like you know in terms of like um i don't know what they call it like in, in terms of uh you know percentage to to actual amount of people and what have you like they're like like the most violently assaulted and, and killed uh demographic all over the world you know what i mean not even just the united states um and yeah it's really really important to like you know remember that 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 so much was sacrificed you know by our siblings like you know years and years and years ago to just get our like you know very very basic rights recognized and they're still under attack on a daily basis do you know what i mean it's it's yeah so it's just it's just really sickening and 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 you know massive solidarity to queen jean who as far as i know is still in a cell um i don't know if, if she's got out i don't know anything about that um but yeah it's it's yeah nightmarish absolutely nightmarish and um but yeah, um, I, off the back of that story, which is unfortunately uh, really depressing, um, we have some funny news, uh, which Tim is going to read us. Um, it's about news. the. It's a little bit of funny news, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, tell us about this, Tim. Um, well, this is something that's been like kind of like an evolving situation for a long time. But um, yeah, so Twitter is finally being evicted from its Boulder office over unpaid rent. So um, I think we we covered this when it first started happening when Elon took over, and um, 
So Boulder, Colorado, Twitter have a gigantic office there. And they initially had like, I think they had a couple hundred people there. And um, as soon as he took over, obviously, you know, started screwing things up, uh, you know, firing people left, right, center. Um, but uh, one thing that, one thing that we, I remember we pointed out was that um, they hadn't, they basically just stopped paying rent almost as soon as they got in there. And um, people were saying that as they were, people that were working there as they were getting fired and stuff that like all kinds of things were failing, like a lot of the utilities in the buildings, maintenance, I think even like janitorial staff were some of the first to go, you know, like they were just kind of like cutting costs absolutely everywhere. Because they're taking on all this debt in, in, in him buying the company. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's also wild because he, um, he insisted that no one should be working from home and said that everyone has to come into an office and then he's not paying the rent on the office. So it's like, Good job, my guy. There's going to be no office to go to. Because I feel like he's dug his heels in on that opinion so hard. Like, that was, like, a huge thing during the lockdowns. He was very, like, anti-working from home and stuff. He could have just been like, hey, look, uh, a bunch of you guys, we can just work from home. We can downsize to a smaller office, you know? He, But he can't do that because he's Elon Musk. I do kind of love the idea of him, like, downsizing the Twitter offices, though. So, like, someone, some, like, advertiser comes by to, like, check out the Twitter offices. And it's just, like, a pop-up stall inside a mall. Like, it's just, like, a one-room office with maybe, like, a back room. And, like, Elon Musk just comes out from, like, you know, he's cl- he's clearly pissing back there. Yeah, yeah, like the I've only seen a couple episodes episodes of it, but the um like in um Saul Goodman, the Breaking Bad spin-off. Yeah. Like how he's got this like shitty little office, you know, and it's like He's like in the that. back of a nail salon. Musk, like, yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> you know, like this is the new office, guys. Um yeah, no, um totally. Uh and yeah, so it's been a while now. Um the total rent is twenty seven thousand a month. And, um, and they haven't paid it since March. So that's like, you know, it's stacking up. And so they have about, I think they have just over a month to, that the judge has given them to, to evict. And so this is, yeah, a judge has, you know, like actually kind of put this in motion. It's up to the sheriffs to uh, assist, you know, to enforce this uh, eviction notice or whatever. And um, yeah, before the end of July. So what's that? That's like a month and a week or so um but yeah uh having a look through uh what else they got going on here yeah they haven't paid the cleaning company which is seeking ninety three thousand five hundred and four dollars in compensation for unpaid fees so that's yeah what i uh, remember hearing about that they had just i think it was like they had a contract with this company and they basically just fired them and then they were like well like Elon was like, you're out of here and stuff. And then the company was like, actually, we have this like contract that is due until this point or whatever. Like, you know, like we don't have to come in if you don't want to, but we have a contract to, you know, get paid. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Yeah. Which is absolutely the same as what he did with a bunch of employees. There was like even one very publicly. It was um, a guy who was a, who's a disability advocate that had been hired into Twitter to, I think he was working in like the accessibility team or something like that. And uh, Elon very famously like fired him on Twitter. And then the dude just like came back with, you know, like actually you, 
can't really do that, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, everyone's like, well, okay, sorry, blah, blah, blah. But, like, that kind of thing, you know, where it's like he will just jump off the handle. He doesn't even know who these people are. He doesn't know what they do. He just sees, like, this is a this is a head to chop off. This is a, you know, this is a, a slight increase on the bottom line. But, um, yeah, so about half the staff still work there. Uh, you know, so cut down 300 to 100 and something over the last, uh, last couple of months, which is a huge, huge chop. But um, still not paying rent, so probably still very extremely far in the red, I would say. Um, so yeah, and uh, it's yeah yet to be seen what will happen to the people remaining after they get evicted, whether they will move to another spot or whether that's just them gone. What does that mean for the service Twitter if they just you know like any business having to relocate on a short time frame? would um i guess would suffer in some way so um we'll see what happens there we got yeah about like five or six weeks i just want to clarify that when i said this was funny news i meant funny because elon fucked up not because these workers are going to be out of a job oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um yeah solidarity solidarity with the poor twitter employees so, solidarity with, with our bullshit. squatter king elon musk um <laughs> resisting yeah. the tyranny of the petty landlord um <laughs> More more power to Chairman Elon. Thank you so much. Uh, I got two little stories to tell us about real quick because uh, I know our guest is is is, is waiting. Um, so one of them is that um, let's to I don't know if you say if you say generation in, in, in as if it's a, a German word or not. But letzter is a German word. Anyway, the 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 group name would be last generation in English. Or this might just sound goofy as hell. Let's the generation um, activists spray paint a private jet orange to stop it from flying. They covered it all over in orange. It, look, it looks kind of like it flew through flew through some macaroni. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just been dunked on. It it, it knows when it's been tangoed. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just oh, think that's, that's a pretty a cool from a pretty man. cool direct action there. Um, yeah, more more of this IMO. I'm just gonna say, yeah. hell yeah, more more of this. This is this is like um, you know how to blow up a pipeline stuff. Like you know, did dismantle and sabotaging the uh, the things that are fucking us over the most. Yeah. Pretty fucking based, especially when it's like the only measurable victim is the uh, rich people. So like, right, mm. exactly. People won't be able to do actions that are that were the only the only only downside is towards rich people. But like you know, in the meantime, we can all bask in the warm sunny vibes of spray painting a private jet so it can't fly and then the last one uh i'll say friends of the show both because they should be coming on sometime soon uh and also like uh nat just is friends with one of them um three people from the from stop deportations who lay down in a road to stop people who are going to be uh, deported from the uk have been acquitted this week. Um, they were facing trial. Uh, it got really fucking grim. We'll, as I say, hopefully hear more about it in, in upcoming weeks. But basically, like, they just lay down the road to stop uh, uh, the Home Office from transporting people uh, who were going to be deported, uh, as as is always the case, right? Like, to places that it was, is not their home and, like, places that wouldn't be safe or, or stable for them um and yeah they managed to and 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 because of the like because of the shitty uh processing of of asylum seekers and immigrants here like it's pretty much always the fucking case that like when people are delayed from being deported in the time they're delayed by 
their their lawyers are able to file appeals that like get them like legal right to stay uh it's 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 literally not people who uh you know snuck in illegally so they can sell drugs and whatever kind of like crazy uh right-wing stories about about immigrants it's it's literally like people who need a little bit longer to get their paperwork sorted um anyway so um shout out to Rivka Micklethwaite uh Callum Lynch and Griff Ferris who all uh were acquitted this week uh it's a crucial thing that we're seeing is that like at the same time that the state is becoming harsher on activists trying to apply the highest possible sentencing that they can i think in this one it was public nuisance they tried to apply to them which has like a maximum penalty of just like is it life like it's fucking crazy like i remember mm-hmm. i remember hearing it's absolutely crazy penalties that they that they had hanging over them um but the jury was just like nah uh the jury were the jury were just like nah don't fancy that. Don't fancy uh, sending people away for just trying to be human beings and help other human beings to live. So fuck yous. And Thanks. that's and that's the that's our friends of the our comrades of the show segment. I think there's a lot of cases like that where it come when it if it was if it comes down to a jury, they're gonna side with the people. Like I feel like you know, in a lot of the cases of like the people arrested over Cop City and stuff like that, where it's like they're presenting, you know, they're in the newspaper they're like these people are terrorists you know and then i think when actually confronted with the facts and and you know in a court and stuff like you know like i mean assuming that they were given a fair trial which you know obviously doesn't always happen i think that a lot of regular people would be like oh yeah no this is ridiculous this is like state overreach 100 percent." but um the other thing is also finding finding juries that haven't been swayed already by, you know, like a lot of the time when you get a case like this or like the deportation ones, when you go in there, like they ask the jury, they're like, do you know anything about, you know, like these people getting deported and anything like that? And in a lot of cases, it would be hard. It might be hard to find someone that hasn't already been, you know, like hearing about it on the radio, on the TV and stuff. And when you consider that, a lot of the time that media already has a bend to it, you know, like it has like a slant against immigration or, you know, like really calling these people terrorists or whatever like that. And, um, you know, it can be really hard to find a fair jury. So, um, yeah, no, uh, great to hear that they've all been acquitted uh, as they should have been. Well, I mean, they shouldn't really have ever been in that situation in the first place because they are not criminals. But uh, anyway... I think that wraps up our news section. Cool. Uh, I wrote an intro, but someone else has to read it. So, uh, but first, I've, I've, I'm receiving message from. Oh my god, George Soros! Beep, beep, beep. Beep, beep, beep. Uh, that. Uh, oh my god, he's gone broke. Okay, we need to pl- plug the Patreon right now because George Soros has just gone broke. Uh, mm. Does anyone know the the, the <laughs> any of the stuff? It's Patreon.com/slash Red Underscore Planet. Uh, we're gonna need your support because, like, we're usually paid for by the CIA. George Soros turns out that's all going under. Uh, yeah. they're, they're massively scaling back. Uh, we're gonna need. Uh, they haven't paid their rent for their yeah they... older offices. <laughs> <laughs> they're getting evicted. George Soros is gonna have to downscale to like a little a little shack on the coast. So if you go to Patreon.com/slash/Red underscore Planet, you can become a patron and support the show. Uh, and you know that will feed Conrad uh, 
nicer snacks, a higher quality gruel. Uh, we are looking to hire an editor, hopefully, and uh, that would help us in a few ways. We said before, like we could uh, get little clips put out around the place, uh, but we also like we'd be able to make new content that we currently can't make because obviously, yeah. as a live stream show, there's only very small amounts of editing that currently Conrad yeah. is handling. Which again, like that's not his job as producer. We'd really like to shift that onto an editor properly, right? Um, uh, but like, it's only very small editing at the moment, but we, if we got a full-time editor, we'd be able to do stuff like little documentaries. Jay and Issa from the, from the, the Zad out in France have in, uh, invited us to go over. So Mule and I would probably go over there and do some filming. We might check out the Stonehenge Heritage Action Group people, uh, other, other cool stuff like that. You know, we'd be able to make new kinds of content for all, all our red planet heads. So, uh, please check out patreon.com slash red underscore planet. You can support us as a sprite a goblin, a beast, or a sicko. There's so many different ways to support us. It's beautiful. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's that. And we are now very, very pleased to welcome our guest. Um, shall I do the intro if you want? Please. Yeah. So AI, a topic so stilted and predictable that the fact all of your favorite shows have started talking about it makes you wonder if they haven't been automated to. Is humanity barreling towards control by Ultron? Are we all going to be plugged into the Matrix by robots to be used as batteries? Do we have no mouth and yet must scream? No, that's all a bit silly, isn't it? This week, with some help from Alice from Trash Future, Sophie's telling us about automation in politics and what's up with that in it. Welcome in, Alice. How's it going? Hey, Alice. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, it's a pleasure to, pleasure have, to you. have you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm sorry about the Soros check stopping coming. I mean, it's, it's hitting all of us hard, you know. Yeah, but... it, it, solidarity to, to, to all of you guys. I know that he was cutting yeah. you a slightly bigger check, so like it's got to be even harder for you. And I think yeah. you have more more hosts than us as well, so like, that's true. That is even tougher. More, more mouths to feed, you know. I mean, there's there's not going to be a sort of a, a big Christmas turkey for, you know... You're just going to eat Riley, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to eat <laughs> Riley. But, you know, we're going to eat him in the way that he always would have wanted, which is to carve him up into a series of small plates, and then oh. eat those. Like, we, we get them all for the table at once. Nice. Oh. Like a tapas. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. I, I think that's what he will have, would have wanted. Like that, um, what's that thing where they put the, the sushi on the naked people, but just like they're really kind of like the budget just, version of that? I think that's Does just that called naked name? sushi, yeah. <laughs> naked yeah. Sushi. No, this is, I'm sure there's a name. I mean, there's some, someone out there, someone in chat's gonna be like, duh, it's blah blah blah, like whatever they say. <laughs> oh, 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 um, I found out it's uh, I'm gonna not pronounce this good, it's uh, Nyotai Mori. So N Y O T A I M O R I. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we're all going to be forced to do on Trash Future. Um, now that George Soros's money isn't coming, you can like come down to the studio and you can eat sushi off of us. Um, <laughs> that's that's the new Patreon tier, you know. Yes, yeah, cool. yeah exactly. It's five dollars a month. You can eat all of the California rolls that you want off of. Okay. Me. Um, well, um, <laughs> but just five dollars, really. Um, mm, I'm a cheap date. What can I say? We have an episode about automation, uh, and more broadly, the episode's kind of about 
the the ruling class i feel want to do as little work as possible i mean what else is the point sure. of being rich um i've been feeling that too lately yeah i mean me too yeah i, I solid again solidarity to our to our squatter king elon um but like um i just wanted to start off with something that isn't very apparently about uh, automation but like uh maybe you'll you'll pick up on the vibe so this is mm. the, the in the in the guardian the super rich preppers planning to save themselves from the apocalypse oh these fucking so, guys yeah uh. <laughs> so um as a humanist who writes about the impact of digital technology on our lives i am often mistaken for a futurist the people most interested in hiring me for my opinions about technology are usually less concerned with building tools that help people live better lives in the present than they are in identifying the next big thing through which to dominate them in the future uh skipping ahead a little bit basically uh my guy was invited uh, my guy douglas rushkoff huh, was invited out to uh to hang out with some some richos some some money people mm. some finance mm, perverts yeah. they were like um, well, you're gonna eat sushi off of things the likes yeah. <laughs> of which you've never imagined <laughs> we've we've got the finest podcasters to serve to to that, have right. uh, sushi yeah. served to you yeah. um uh, a limo was waiting for me at the airport as the sun began to dip over the horizon. I realized I had been in the car for three hours. What sort of wealthy hedge fund types would drive this far from the airport for a conference? Then I saw it on a parallel path next to the highway. As if racing against us, a small jet was coming in for a landing on a private airfield. Of course. Um, basically, they started asking him a bunch of questions. Because again, like he said at the start, like he gets mistaken for a futurist. And so they mm. asked him a bunch of questions. Uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum, VR or AR, China. Uh, who will get quantum computing first, China or Google? Those um, those are all like dumb guys' ideas. Oh yeah. Smart oh yeah. Yeah. Questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> another way in which this reminds me of Jeffrey Epstein, a guy who like not only would fly smart people out to his private island, but would then sort of like ask them expansive questions, and then ten minutes later they realized he was just asking stupid guy questions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Eventually, they edged into the real topic of concern, New Zealand or Alaska. Which region would be less affected by the coming climate crisis? It only got worse from there. Which was the greater threat? Global warming or biological warfare? How long should one plan to be able to survive with no outside help? Should a shelter have its own air supply? What was the likelihood of groundwater contamination? Finally, the CEO of a brokerage house explained that he had nearly completed building his own un underground bunker system and asked, how do I maintain authority over my security force after the event? <laughs> wow. It's a great question. You know, that's that's going to be... The, at least he's identified the really sort of salient issue, right, with having yeah, yeah. all the Blackwater psychos guarding you. After the apocalypse. I feel like there's a market. I mean, and I know other people have done this before, but I feel like it's such fertile ground for just hustling. Like, mm. you know, if you if you're a quick-witted person, you can think on your feet, you can give a plausible answer to a bullshit question. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of money to be made from people that think they're far smarter than they are. Yeah. You know, this like, is my um, this is what I'm trying to get into uh, by doing YouTube. I'm I'm hoping that people will pick me up to <laughs> to to ask me these yeah. stupid questions. Yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. in the position of this guy who gets flown out and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. I mean it's like and he's played himself by writing this article. He should have just been like, yeah. actually guys, you know what? For a small retainer yeah. I can answer these questions for you all Easy, the time, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can call me up anytime. Mm, what's really funny 
about the mercenary guys is that all of them think about this question and their answer invariably is we got to do the like suicide squad bomb collar thing uh you've preempted the article yeah sorry sorry <laughs> no it's good it's good no i'm just i'm just saying you got it spot on you got it spot on i know rich people's psychology right which is uh, <laughs> uh, oh I, like it doesn't occur to me that maybe i can make these people like me the way that every <laughs> like or even that i can really sort of like make them afraid yeah. of me myself the two ways yeah. every ruler in human history has managed or just like have any like leadership abilities or anything yeah, yeah. like instead instead it's like no we're gonna tape like a brick of c4 in between their dick and their balls that's linked to my heart <laughs> monitor and if, my, if like i skip a beat all of those dudes blow up taint first yeah. So he said, uh, this single question occupied us for the rest of the hour. They knew armed guards would be required to protect their compounds from raiders as well as angry mobs. One had already secured a dozen Navy SEALs to make their way to his compound if he gave them the right cue. But how, mm. would, he, how, uh, how would he pay the guards once even his crypto wallet was worthless? <laughs> Amazing. Someone, their own leader. <laughs> some, someone in the chat has linked one of my old tweets, which I, not to, not to blow my own horn, but I highly recommend. This is when I found one of these preppers, like, sort of bunkers advertising. Oh this my is God. a good photo. It's a great photo. A photo of their military grade security. Oh no. Oh no. Oh. Uh Conrad, can we put can we put that on screen? Uh that's yeah, you know what? I've just become I've just become a lot less scared about breaking into rich people's bunkers after the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Uh I think I'm I think we actually must be able to get get a good amount of supplies there. Like military grade is like an interesting phrasing, right? Like, you yeah. know, it's mm-hmm. like Yeah, yeah, like by what <laughs> what metric, what grade? Well, for those listening, the military grade that uh, apparently is in this photo is F. they they have they have <laughs> they have like you know the what is that like snow camo like it's meant to be urban camouflage yeah but it's yeah like, yeah there's, Will- there's like a Willem Dafoe looking guy there is one <laughs> guy here I would be actually afraid of running into the everyone else like I'm pretty sure honestly uh, me and the dolls could probably take so bring it on mm-hmm. uh, is what I, I mean, say there's. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of these dudes. Yeah. 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 It's um, not I feel like there's um like these remind me of the guys. Remember when that Hurricane Katrina popped off and there was like some dude that he got in trouble like w- ages later because he basically just started showing up to these places in um in military outfits and was like I'm from the army. This is what you all need to do. And he like <laughs> fucked everything up. But like even people from the army, just like it was such such disarray that they just kind of followed his orders. And it turned out he didn't know what he was doing, and he fucked everything mm. up. And he was just like making <laughs> shit up. Like this is like a collection of all of those guys. Like they all just like they had a convention. Not to be stuck on better call soul too long, but like the this is like when the 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 guy the guy who buys the huge like pimp mobile uh he he tries to hire people and like the other two guys who who mike beats up and gets the job instead it looks like they are all those other two guys uh i can only assume this is his bunker um Mm. (laughs) okay so we've got uh so that that, yeah that's my opening thing because i want i want to talk a little bit about how the the ruling class like they, they they achieved their neoliberal end of history with the with the millennium they were really fucking pleased with themselves they did it capitalism won nothing could possibly go wrong um and now, now they're now they're noticing that there's a, like a little bit of class struggle going on, and that's mm. really fucking hard for them. 
because they weren't supposed to actually have to like work hard. Like mm. they that's like the point of running the world is like you just kind of chill. Mm. Um so now <laughs> yeah, now they're trying to find solutions to that. So here's um the economist. Is it time to automate politicians? Um <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! How, and I how say, would we yes, tell? It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the Futurama bit where like the two clones are running for mm. the for the for the presidency. Yeah, John Jackson That's... and Jack Johnson. I, I yeah. think your three percent tax raise goes too far. Well, I think your three percent tax raise doesn't go far enough. Yeah, of course. I think when the Tories uh, <laughs> swap in their next MP for leader and it's Star Kierma, we'll realize that we've been had. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, Joris Bonson versus Starkema, um, <laughs> a clash of titans. <laughs> uh, a poll of Brits con- British consumers conducted by software firm OpenText found that one in four Brits think robots would do a better job than humans as politicians. Years ago, The Muppet Show ran a segment mopping, mocking politicians for their stereotypically ro- robotic behavior. Last April, a robot was nominated to be mm. Tokyo's mayor, promising fair and balanced representation. <laughs> hmm. Uh, this is some of the the worst lib wonk writing uh, uh, that you that you could possibly possibly wish for if you were if you were if you were collecting up examples of some kind of liberal slop uh, you would you would mm. run to the Economist wishing for something like this and and here it would fall right in your lap. Uh, big data and artificial intelligence allow us to understand public issues better and faster. They may be able to identify the most effective approaches to solving problems, just as algorithms became world champions of chess and Go. <laughs> <laughs> predictive analysis is used to identify potential criminals or romantic partners. It can predict voting habits from Facebook likes. This raises the issue of what we want from our politicians and government. As with all technology, we should consider the social implications of innovation rather than innovating for innovation's sake. This is this is like saying, you know how you be on your phone? Crazy, <laughs> right? Well, what if the, the next logical step, the machine god? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Logical conclusion. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just really love the idea of like um, uh, giving an AI the task of solving social ills, and uh, then as you retreat to your bunker, like just as you, just as the doors close that like will be hermetically sealed for the next hundred years, you you can see uh, that the the AI has implemented socialism, and you're just like pounding on the door as you're trying to stop those paws from (laughs) sharing things, (laughs) but it's too late. You've already sealed yourself in. Um, yeah, I don't know. It reminds me a lot of um, there was a story that was going around a couple of weeks ago that it was. I mean, it was all kind of bullshit. The framing and stuff was like ridiculous. Where it was like this AI had been told not to kill any humans or whatever, but to disable some kind of military infrastructure. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. Instead of killing the person directly, it had like shot down the tower that he was in or whatever, like that. You know, and I feel like <laughs> it would be this thing where they tell the AI god, like, okay, cool, solve. You know, solve like global unhappiness and it would just like kill humanity because it'd be like you know like sadness is inherent to human yeah 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 some shit like that the only way to eliminate it is to cut it out at the root like just some ridiculous shit like that which is like very like b-grade like speculative fiction yeah exactly like that Mm. like this is what um asimov is preparing us for if if you're giving it the task to like Make sure no human being is ever sad again. Yeah, you can see why it would be like, okay, I'll kill all the people. <laughs> Honestly, anything give it any any anything in these kind of sci-fi stories where it's like the the godlike AI able to and it's you know, rather than reality where it's fucking chat GPT. If it's just being given the task of like, I don't know, improving people's healthcare outcomes, there are there are so many ways around where you start with an AI and you're just like 
make this thing better for people and it will just give you communism as the final result whichever way you're like mm. you're like so so solve uh like house homeless people or fix healthcare outcomes or make education better or whatever and it's just like okay i'm going to need to uh, make communism for that so i'll just quickly uh i don't know it's just like it will but that's, the, that's the an ai early will safeguard that they'll have to build in yes. right because <laughs> that's that's sort of one of the existential threats of ai and i think that's something that like to bear in mind when you see ai people talk about how it might be an existential threat they don't necessarily mean skynet in the sense of like oh it's gonna it's gonna nuke us or turn us all into paperclips an existential threat to the ruling class yeah it may it may come back with a printout that says like you have too much fucking money like <laughs> yeah well like mostly at, at the moment the quote-unquote ai that we see you know chat gbt um all this uh all the the art ai stuff it's it's not technically artificial intelligence is machine learning right and so they they would just make an ai that has never read theory um, <laughs> damn just like me yeah <laughs> just like me for real um yeah yeah it's well that's it I, and i think that that's my that's probably why like you know whichever companies are getting the i don't know the funding to do this or they're getting investors or whatever like you know it's it's only ever at the moment machine learning and they're not actually interested despite what mm. they say in creating any you know i guess actual version of ai that, that could be considered an actual artificial intelligence kind of thing yeah what strikes me is that what's happening here is a battle for sort of like um the naming rights essentially what like i think we've identified that there is some thing that needs to happen in order to convert the kind of capitalism that we have now into the kind of capitalism that can sustain itself for another 5, 10, 15 years and then it'll do something right. else, right? Uh, I think that what's the fix is now in that whatever it is, that is going to be called AI, whatever resemblance it bears or doesn't to intelligence i mean nick land beat everyone to the punch like 10 years ago oh, by, de by declaring yeah 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 you didn't expect the nick land coming out of left field he was right with the spine diagram it's all vertebrae like <laughs> nick land fucking beat everyone oh. to the punch already 10 years ago he fucking decided that capitalism itself is an ai he said that capital is like a super intelligent ai that runs the planet so like oh god there we go our boy got it i remember playing um this game this like kind of like pretty corny but actually kind of fun um online game called warframe and there's like a codex in it with all information about all the different um chapters or whatever and there's like this kind of um there is this like hyper capitalist faction and i remember reading there's a section in it that kind of explains their processes and shit and it was like exactly that and i remember reading at the time being like holy fuck like where have i read this before like i'm just kind of like idly skimming through kind of like obscure kind of game lore that is like totally optional or whatever like that and it's like no this is the this is the thing. This is the Nick Lane. <laughs> and, um, and it's like, it's, it's actually pretty good. Like the, the way that they kind of, um, the way that they kind of tie it into the world. It's like, oh yeah, this is kind of like this, this critique of like, you know, like this capitalism as like this, okay. I guess like um, they've branched off and created their own kind of a uh, planetary kind of um, network, I guess. I don't know. But um, yeah, you know, I, I think this is like, a critique that a lot of people have made regardless of whether they're actually familiar with land or whatever you know like i've seen people say similar things before and you know like even liken um 
uh, an AI to like a collection of, you know, like um, all these investors and board members and stuff. These are all just like all these little people making these individual little decisions and stuff that kind of create this, this bigger whole that um, can be seen as an intelligence in the same way that all the little neurons in a brain can be seen as like making all these little split decisions and all this kind of thing like that. What we were saying before uh, about the way that, you know, there are safeguards put into these, you know, these artificial intelligences. Yeah, we'd like you to plan our economy for us, Ultron, but don't plan it too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen this a lot already, you know, like we're asking it a question that kind of like, you know, like if, if it gets to anything that is like violent or even just kind of like, you know, any kind of R18 content, if it's like sexual in any nature, it just, you know, it tells you like, I can't do this or it will generate something else and kind of skirt around it or whatever like that. Unless it's the one that uh, 4chan programmed to force spam you. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Happened to me, you know, it's, it's not so bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's fine. You learn, you learn to deal with it. Um, this, <laughs> the you know like these geniuses these these tech geniuses and shit like that like how do they look at this and think like oh no i'm gonna get an objective 100 like i'm gonna get the best answer out of this where it's like it's very obvious that the answer that you're getting has been tailored by not just like the data set but also by you know the i guess like the ideology or the beliefs of the person that is putting this together so you know like it's totally you know it's totally conceivable that they could be like oh yeah we've got this like we've got this super powerful AI brain that's going to handle, we're going to automate all these government kind of positions or whatever. Like we're not going to have all these little counselors or whatever like that, which can have the big brain is going to take care of it. And it's going to make the most objective, most rational, most, mm. you know, like the best decision for all of our well-being, yeah. as long as it doesn't do the thing. Capitalism got me getting that rational. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I feel like it will. I feel like it's gonna. It, it'll. It'll invent bombinism or uh, flomunism. Dominism. Or, yeah. Dominism. Actually, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm, okay. Someone's already invented that. Like, yeah. yeah. I can. I can give you a number. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that Victoria Three thing, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. When when the the players were complaining because communism was OP because like they they programmed real real economics into the game and communism yeah, is just a better people. way to run an economy than capitalism yeah. is. <laughs> or just or just like the the person who was like, I hate landowners. I hate them. These top hat wearing motherfuckers. They won't let me. They won't let me do anything I want to do to make the country better. And I'm like, that's crazy, dude. Me too. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. happened. That's, that's wild. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mommunism. No, that's Mommunism. Oh. In the mm. background, I loaded up um, ChatGPT, by the way, and I asked it for a five-stage plan to end world hunger and resource scarcity. And um, and it is pretty funny, the result that we've got, because it talks about all these things where it's like, you know, like, establish a global hunger and resource scarcity task force. And, oh, my like, God. Raise public <laughs> awareness. Oh no! Ghana political commitment. So it's 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 automated the UN. Yeah, this is how you can tell. This is how you can tell it's not real artificial intelligence. It's about as smart as fucking Pete Buttigieg. It, it's advocating quangos <laughs> because it's a fucking tulpa, just like fucking Chelsea Clinton or Keir Starmer. Fuck! Like it just has all these things that actually sound like things, you know, like these really kind of like hollow kind of plans that you know they come up with it, these things, and it's just you know like oh we're going to um, establish food security reserves and strengthen global partnerships and you know like what is this like 
yeah like empower women and enhance education and all this kind of <laughs> shit like that where it's just like i mean yes these are i guess these are all good things because that's the stuff that's like it's drawing from because that's what's been written about is all through these like international institutions and it's just copying and recombining that that's the thing i was going to say is speaking of training sets right and machine learning it's it's the, the you can't really take away political technologies that you've introduced right so like no. even even someone like corbyn who is a sock dam who's like the most radical uh candidate to run the country we've seen in a long 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 time like wasn't talking about coming in and then overhauling the like the political technologies of neoliberalism. He was talking about introducing new things to stabilize it towards like a self-dem kind of country. Um, and I think that's like the the fact that basically the policies that you know exactly like that Chat GPT answer is just like anyone who comes in will be presented with options like establish a task force to do this and strengthen international relationships to blah, blah, blah. And like, in that sense, they, they probably could automate a huge amount of it. Like they could honestly probably could just, uh, just have like an AI running like that, that level of fucking politics. Like this is, this is why I'm saying that like, it's the, it's the class struggle they're experiencing that's making them say, oh no, we have to work. I, I really don't want to have to to work at all. Um, we've, hit, like, we've heard a lot about like, um, uh, I want to talk about like automation in politics generally, but I do think this will be a, a continuing focus. Surprisingly, class struggle continues to be the the, the, the main focus of what I would want to talk about today. But uh, just to take a tangent, um, uh, when people talk about like, AI and new tech in politics, they're often talking about like deep fakes of people talking. Uh, but Tim, you 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 brought in a story to do with something that happened in Aotearoa. Uh, was it recently? Yeah, with National. So there's a couple a couple little AI funnies that have happened down here recently. Um, so the one that I think you're talking about is the the AI generated images, right? Yeah, yeah, the, um, yeah. So uh, our main center right party national um oh yeah i didn't see the other one but i'm I'm seeing something in the notes now about the top party and i'm very interested in okay um, we'll get we'll get back to that in a second it's representation um, yeah yeah top party are extremely like a party run by the the smart guys no the dumb guys asking <laughs> the smart <laughs> that think they're asking the smart guy question yeah oh you did tell me about yeah okay okay cool so they were caught using ai generated imagery in their kind of political attack ads so, um, you know, and these are kind of images of, it was like one of, it was like a woman looking out her window at night at a neighbor's place, like, you know, kind of presuming that it was like, she was, uh, you know, like scared of the neighborhood or what was outside or like her neighbor's house is getting broken into or something like that. And it's like, New Zealand is not safe. Sort of thing. <laughs> and then, but then it was like more egregious ones. It was like, fake pictures of like robberies and ram raids and things like this. And, you know, being like, you know, like crime is up under labor and all this kind of stuff like that. Where it's like, there is, I mean, I guess there is photos that you could have used out there or whatever, but like, these are very dramatic ads and they like very kind of like the way that they uh, composed and like the way that the image is, it's like, these are very emotive. They're like very i guess like even like quite cinematic looking you know so they're definitely kind of like pushing um a pretty extreme kind of agenda but the funniest one in my opinion is um they put up an ad about because there's like a huge nurse and midwife shortage over here at the moment there's like 
they're all leaving. They're all going overseas because over here they just don't get paid anything. They strike and they, you know, everyone kind totally of unfamiliar to me. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's exactly like what's been happening absolutely everywhere. So you know, I'm sure. Where are they all going? Well, are they fucking like going to Galt's Gulch? Are they like all being private nurses in the bunkers like, over where? here? Yeah, they're going to be private nurses in Australia over here because they actually they're get paid awesome. really well. They get okay. you know benefits, all this kind of stuff. So um, and it's super easy if you're a New Zealander, you can just go to Australia and work there you don't need to get like a special visa or anything like that mm. um so yeah everyone just leaves over there they get trained over here and they just leave immediately because it's like why wouldn't you like over here it's like you know you can't you couldn't raise a family you couldn't even like get a house or anything on a salary here but anyway so a national got um yeah they made this ai ad about their incentives to kind of like yeah, get more nurses and midwives, but they used an AI-generated photo of two, um, yeah, two, I guess, like, generic Maori-Polynesian-looking nurses um, smiling <laughs> and laughing at the camera, which, like, the joke is kind of that they just actually couldn't find any, <laughs> you know, brown nurses that would agree with their politics for the photo. <laughs> and it's, like, a very obviously AI-generated picture if you've seen enough of them you know but um sure is it the one that says uh bonding and incentives to deliver more new nurses and midwives yeah that was yeah yeah that was um the one that got a lot of heat but um yeah you know and it's like a lot of the, a lot of their core demographic aren't probably going to realize that these are fake images and these aren't real people and stuff and i don't think that a lot of the party people in the party uh, actually did either but um, it was a campaign run by Topham Guerin, which um, a lot of New Zealanders will know for. They did. Um, they were famous back in it was like the late nineties for this camp, like this really ridiculous, super racist kind of anti-Maori campaign that they did. That they ended up getting a lot of scrutiny for, and then they actually um, they disappeared for a while, and they popped up. Um, I think um, I think Nigel Farage actually hired them. He they uh, work on the Brexit stuff. Their thing is basically like stoking racial tensions. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then they jumped back over here. And now they're kind of like in this position where everyone knows what they do. And it's kind of a faux pas for politicians to work with them. But they kind of secretly do little gigs like this. And the reason that people found out that it was um, Top Amgurin that were working on this thing was because people just found their, <laughs> their mid-journey account on Discord. And... Um, <laughs> You know, because the National Party kind of refused to talk about who they had hired for this or whatever. And it's like you go to Discord and find, look up brown nurses smiling at camera or whatever. And you find these pictures and it's like the account name is like Top Ham Gear. You know, so um, <laughs> so they kind of busted themselves. But That's this is high like, level it, OPSEC. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is like definitely the future of things, right? Like there's, I've already seen some other stuff um, that people have made um, using similar things but then animating them to talk so it looks like mm-hmm. it's a you know a person oh, that cool. they can relate to um you know like <laughs> having a like just talking about like politics or whatever like that and it's like this kind of this new kind of propaganda where it's like i guess like people in our generation we're probably going to be like yeah that's that's ai that's weird that's mm-hmm. kind of uncanny or whatever but you see like a lot of older people like definitely my parents generation and older that would just have absolutely no 
idea that that was even a thing that could be done you know they see a photo of trump getting arrested with his briefcase going everywhere the papers everywhere and they're like oh my god it's happening well there was <laughs> the one of the pentagon getting um the pentagon on fire you know there was like a lot of yeah yeah exactly by that. yeah 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 and it's like this is yeah this is just something that we have to deal with now and i feel like the quality of them is going to get a lot better um yeah even to the point where they're talking about these kind of reactions active ai figures you know like a little ai vtuber that talks back to you or whatever which kind of um links back in with uh so over here the opportunities party the top party which is like definitely the party of the people that would have flown out the journalist from that that first story that stuff was talking about um oh so like kind of like a kiwi version of vault then the european sort of like i'm a very special boy party <laughs> Kind of, yeah. So um they've they've actually they were on the news the other night. Their um their president was well their their leader, I don't know, what are they called? Um there's uh talking about an AI candidate. And it's like actually at this point it's still kind of like we could it would totally be illegal. We couldn't really do that or whatever. And he kind of acknowledges that this isn't something that we are putting into practice at the moment, but it's something that we're floating as an idea to get people talking and stuff. And they're kind of floating this idea of an AI political candidate that is kind of um you know up for questions time at like any hour of the night you can just jump on you can have a chat to this your local representative or whatever and they kind of handle all of the bureaucracy and all this kind of stuff that normally would take like a couple of people to do no such thing as a stupid question when you ask it to an ai candidate you can just harass them you know it'll be about as responsive yeah 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 it's um already kind of getting to the ai big brain kind of idea sort of thing but obviously on a much lower scale and i think they can probably probably come up with questions that will that will put ai candidates into an infinite loop you know you can just stand up and say you're from like the daily sphincter and then ask it like how 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 you divide by zero or whatever and it starts or like just Mm -hmm. ask it to read to read off the wikipedia entry for like what's the longest wikipedia article like hitler or something and it just starts going and going and and no one can stop it yeah i feel like there's there's obviously like ways that people have found already to kind of um I think that people are calling it jailbreaking, like chat GPT and stuff, like tricking it into going outside of its kind yeah. of parameters. I have a rare brain condition, which means I can only understand answers that include a racial slur. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know, like, like <laughs> yeah. Things like that. Or just like you know kind of catching it on terms and words that it hasn't like they haven't been able to ban yet and people have done this with the ai art things as well with like um you know like uh they avoid any kind of violent imagery or whatever so people got around you getting it to generate um like you couldn't use it to create gore or anything like that so people were using the term cronenberg to kind of like get it to create uh, really kind of bloody gory images because obviously cronenberg is associated well this is what i mean we just have to have the ai for mommunism yeah mm. we'll just find the hack phrase yeah i'm sure there was as soon as they debuted some kind of ai candidate they would you know they would because then it's like okay is the party responsible for what it says and you know like what it kind of advocates for because i'm sure we can make it say some pretty wild stuff but yeah. then because if not if it doesn't have that kind of backing or anything it's it's essentially useless right like it's well then it's just like the little 
you know, little chat bot when you go to buy something online and the little person pops up on the side like Clippy and they're like, how can I help you or whatever? You know, it's like, it's basically that if you, if it doesn't actually have any kind of, I guess, like weight to it or any kind of backing. It seems like you are trying to create the best outcomes for people. Can I help you plan your economy? No. Are you sure? (laughs) No. No, absolutely not. (laughs) It would be very easy. No. (laughs) Stop asking. I feel like it's already a conversation that a lot of these, like, you know, extremely big brain people are trying to force us to have. Yes. And I think, like, there is something in, if, in a real kind of, like, you know, like this idea of what did um Bastani call it? Like the fully automated luxury communism or whatever. Oh, like Jesus that. fucking it's Christ. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. there is this idea of like, okay, cool. There's a certain amount of bureaucracy that could be automated in, uh, you know, like a communist system or whatever like that, or any kind of, you know, controlled. Sure. Work, work sucks. As Blink182 said, work sucks. And like, it, if you have technology that automates work well, then people should have to work less. But curiously, it doesn't seem to happen does it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like this is chicken with the industrial revolution how did that go <laughs> you know um, <laughs> and it's the exact same thing you know like um back in the day when the industrial revolution first popped off <laughs> when the first industrial revolution <laughs> dropped yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah you know people were like this will be these machines will do so much work so we'll have time to you know we'll have time to do all the other things that we want to do and in reality it didn't really kind of you know it didn't pan out that I mean- way no, you just you just get more busy work. It's like it's like homework in school. You know, you finish it early, you get more work because exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been getting into fossil capital by Andreas Malm, and it's um, mm. well, it's it's like a look of the the history of how the fossil fuel industry came to be where it is now. Uh, and so it's like it, reading it, you're like, this sure is the set of research you would do before you wrote a book called How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Um, <laughs> but like he he's talking about like. The cotton industry and specifically automation coming in um, into into like the cotton industry kind of before anything else. And it's because there was this huge boom in the cotton industry, which utterly bizarrely he neglects to mention is like because they were using slaves. Like I am quite troubled. I'm like a few chapters in and there's just been no mention of of why the cotton industry was booming like that. But whatever. you know, so it was like this booming industry and there, there are all these workers and then and then naturally enough, they become unionized. And it's just like with all of the moves towards like seemingly like a more chill time, fewer people will have to work and so on, the capitalist ruling class pull. It's always just to get rid of pesky class consciousness. Um, mm-hmm. So like literally some of the first waves of automation were in response to um, spinners unionizing. And um, it was just to get rid of unionized workers, basically. And I think that it's it's just it's interesting to see similar stuff. Like I don't know, it, it's interesting to like preclude the possibility of um, of uh, a, a politician who will make any kind of meaningful change by just putting in a you know a mechanical Turk, you know, just like just instead we'll just swap in a. Um, it's it, Keir Starmer is not enough of an AI clone man. We have to literally literally have a robot running the show um so i saw um matty glacius uh uh, popular eugenicist matty glacius oh earth's smartest brain Uh, (laughs) the the biggest (laughs) smartest boy 
Why doesn't he just eat all the other smart boys since he is yeah. the biggest smart boy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like the Highlander, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There can only be one. Um, uh, so he tweeted, 20 years ago, I expected we'd make more progress toward genetically engineering smarter, less addiction-prone babies before we get anything like the current <laughs> level of artificial intelligence, which is just an amazing tweet to me. Far, far be it from me to disrespect America's most sailor suit wearing columnist, but like... <laughs> It seems like maybe <laughs> some 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 politics might have happened. That's the reason for that, Matt. Like, yeah, I, I, I imagine that he typed that out and then he he licked a really big stick of uh, rock. Just uh... yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Head all to sort of like uh, like penny farthing around. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I I find this fant- fantastic as a tweet because it's like. Um, making better people, specifically making smarter people, right, has been the has been the 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 drive of eugenics for a really long time. I've been working on a, a big script about it called Eugenics: A History of Failing to Get Smarter. Um, because like even since the very very beginning, they it was a a, a ruling class concern, and the undergirding drive is to make leaders who will be smarter, specifically, like not just like replace the whole population with like better people, but specifically like. If we can make a smarter dude, he'll tell us how to run society. Oh yeah, yeah. She, she, she golden on my eugenics till I sang her. Sorry. <laughs> and I just find it really interesting that like Iglesias is kind of cutting to the main point there by saying like if we if we if we think about the the these articles about like can we just automate politicians? It's the same thing. It's like it might not be apparent to people why eugenics and AI are a similar conversation, but in the, in the ruling class terms, they're entirely the same conversation. Can we make a guy who could handle all the work that we hate doing, which is governing people uh, for us, and then we just fuck off to a bunker in New Zealand? Um, yeah. And the easier way to do that is a robot guy, it seems. Speaking of that, James Cameron does legitimately have a bunker down here. Yeah. A friend of mine <laughs> has been there, and it's like a true... Uh, it's 100% like... Rich people do have their bunkers yes. down here. A bunch of them do Entirely, in yeah. deal as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is sort of my general call is that, like, if you live in rural Aotearoa, right, if the <laughs> nukes drop, right, you've got more warning than anyone else. What you're going to want to do is get, uh, go to like Wix or whatever. What's, what's your like DIY store called? Uh, Bunnings. Yeah. Yeah. Go to Bunnings, right? Get, get, get a, get a snag get a bunch of like quick set concrete and then walk the countryside <laughs> looking for air vents and then when you find one you just you know rip pour throw some water yeah. in easy and just wait you know yeah. don't even um, wait just move on just get normal yeah. get, get to the next one yeah, yeah. i feel like Absolutely. that is like that's actually that could be an interesting um you know, like, I was thinking about the Luddites who, you know, like, mm. maybe we can talk about that a little bit later. But then I was thinking, like, that could be an interesting Luddite-style um, protest to be destroying Just the bunkers. crash people's bunkers, yeah, 100%. Yeah. If, you, if we have no backup option, you don't either. Fuck you. I think that's yeah. absolutely entirely valid. Have uh, to defeat I, the military-grade security first, though, so... <laughs> well, that'll, t- that'll, that'll take a whole... Seven. Or all, eight, you you know, wait, all you have to wait. All you have to wait is until it's about seven p.m. and they're all posting. Uh, they've had like five glasses they're, of wine. They're all posting yeah. the, like sad frogs online with each other. Yeah, talking about yeah. their feelings. Easy. They're all set. They're all sharing a really uh, a joint that's almost entirely sticks and seeds, while hoping that Elon doesn't Elon doesn't yeah. see them because he he sh- he like shock collared the last one he found to death after he found I was using weed. <laughs> um 
<laughs> the fuck was I going to say? Oh yeah, much less fruitfully, I thought like a TTRPG dungeon uh, that's just like a uh, just a, ri- a rich guy's bunker after mm-hmm. the security mm-hmm. bots have misidentified him and shot him to death. You have to <laughs> you fall yeah. through just getting loot basically. Like it's just there's no one there's no one left inside. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's probably a vault yeah. like that and like fall out for sure, for sure, like that. Right. There's an interesting message in chat from someone called an enormous door slamming. Great name. Um, <laughs> if, if the big smoke start flying, how is James Cameron and all these other fools going to get here in time to get into their little bunker mansions? Yeah, I have an answer. I have an answer for this, which is in an article. It's in the the thread that the military grade security came from. But the answer is they're all they all have little power fantasies about fleeing San Francisco. Uh, or the Bay Area, or wherever, one of them legitimately told a newspaper, he told this newspaper, oh yeah, I'm just gonna like, while everyone's panicking, I'm gonna get on my motorcycle, and I'm gonna ride oh my the God. traffic, and I'm just gonna ride to the airport, and oh, get, Jesus get on the plane. Yeah, yeah. I have my katana on the back, <sighs> in case anyone tries to fuck with me on the way. Just an absolute genius, like, no one is gonna do that. Mm-hmm. I well, I'll have the katana one way, and I'll have the cro- the crossbow the other the other way. You yeah, joke, yeah. you joke, but one of them was legitimately, legitimately taking archery lessons. Oh, <laughs> okay. Can we yeah. quickly get? Can we? I'm gonna get it up, and then Conrad can put it on the screen. It's it's yeah, the he, he got, Mark Zuckerberg like... doing the uh, Roman spear throwing. We need to yeah, see yeah. it. Same thing. Everyone same needs thing. to see it. He, he, this guy when got we're... laser eye surgery because he thought his glasses might get broken in the apocalypse. Oh, and right, yeah, like, yeah. Time enough, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we're talking about Roman spear throwing, do we mean, like, what? Javelin? Just regular? Uh, Mark Zuckerberg is obsessed with the idea that he can train like a Roman athlete, and so he's, tr- he's practicing <laughs> throwing spears like a Roman athlete. Like a massive fucking dork. It's really funny because, like, being that rich, the only people you ever hang out with or talk to who aren't total sycophants are your, like, psycho security team, which means yeah. you get all of the Navy SEAL brain worms. Yeah, you start yeah, listening yeah. to, like, Jocko Willink or whatever, and you're like, Yeah, no, that's right. I, I have to, like, I have to work out wearing a plate carrier. I have to start throwing assegais at people. Um, th- this is normal. <laughs> It's oh, like it's a, it's a the... spear with a big. Um, it's got like a big head on it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's, it's you know. them and like the crypto bros who've become rich enough to buy dinner with you for one night, um, <laughs> and they all have the same terrible fascist opinions. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think this this thing again about like Matt Iglesias's incredible big brain take that we should uh, like that what we should be doing is 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 giving birth to a robot ruler who who makes good decisions for us. Mm-hmm. We should we should create the Frankenstein. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, is like it, it's perfectly in line again with that like that futurist article because that when they asked him like how do we maintain control of our private security, it's like again. They, they, it's not just that, like, what's funny immediately about it is they have no ideas, right? But yep. what's, what's deeper to it is like, they don't want to, they don't even want to figure it out themselves. They want to pay a guy and he just tells them right away, this is how you maintain control over them. Um, yeah, yeah. And if possible, they want that to be automated too. Like, like Alice said, right? The, the bomb collars or the shock collars, because it's just like, mm. whatever is the simplest, easiest, uh, fastest solution. Every day, every day you poison all of their rations and then they have to chase a little Roomba around with the antidote. That's that's how you manage it. <laughs> Reminds me a lot of, um, I just watched recently, I just watched um, Triangle of Sadness. Um, I don't know, has anyone else seen that film? No, I don't know. 
It's um, it's a movie about it's a movie about class war. Um, so it's a movie about a bunch of passengers on a cruise ship. Uh, mm. It initially follows, it, like, it follows a young couple that kind of go on this cruise ship, and it's it's very blatantly about the disparity between the the ultra rich kind of patrons of the cruise and the staff that work there. And there's the people yeah. on the deck. And then even below that, there's like the people that work in the engine room that the people, you know, like the, the staff, mm. I mean, the, um, the, the kind of guests, they don't even know that there's this entire class of, you know, like, I guess like, I mean, they're all brown workers, you know, from the Imperial periphery sort of thing. And they're working away to make the world of, you know, the experience of the cruise happen. But then, mm. um, yeah, it's, it's split into three parts and the, you know, like it ends up, like it's kind of i guess it's examining the the power relations in each different part and how it switches and there's um a a point where it flips where there's um the the cruise ship crashes and then it's like there's a new order established and it's like all of a sudden there's like these people that you know are incredibly powerfully rich or whatever like that and they just have no skills whatsoever and um, the, the <laughs> yeah. person that assumes that the top of the kind of hierarchy is this um this poor woman that is like i think she was like a janitor but she is i think she's like filipino maybe indonesian and she just like you know she has all these skills that um that nobody else has and they were like how do i how do i get her to do the thing for me how do i how do mm. i pay her to do this or whatever and um <laughs> No, it, it, it is actually a really good movie. There's an amazing scene where um, they're in the middle of a storm and they're crashing. And Woody Harrelson is a ship captain who's a communist. Like he's a, he, you know, he's a Marxist communist. And then there's a, um, a a Russian. Well, I think, no, he's, um, I don't think he's Russian. He's maybe U- Ukrainian or um, Yugoslavian. Woody, ha- like Woody Harrelson is playing Ukrainian. Uh, no, no, no. This is another guy. <laughs> Woody oh, okay. Harrelson is Stefan Bandera. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> Woody Harrelson is the communist ship captain, and then the other guy is like this uh, guy who made a huge fortune at the crash of the Soviet, um, you know, of the Soviet Union or whatever. And it's like the the hardcore capitalist, you know. And they're both getting drunk while the ship is kind of like in the storm, and they've like taken over the office, and they're trying, they're having this like ideological duel, you know, while they're both drunk as shit, and um, yeah, you know, like reading out quotes from famous thinkers of you know each each of the kind of ideologies but also kind of like talking about life experiences but both just like drunk as shit and having a great time while everything is like literally like just turning to shit around them um it's it's pretty good i would say check out the movie it's pretty um it's pretty fun i was surprised by it. i thought it was going to be a very kind of silly i don't know kind of like castaway sort of thing but it was actually um it was probably had more in common with um, Disco Elysium than um, than Castaway. Wow, <laughs> so, uh, it sounds like yeah. Sea Piercer. Yeah, Snow Snow Piercer, but boat. It's a lot sillier, a lot mm. a lot sillier <laughs> than Snow Piercer. It's um, uh-huh. but yeah, no, it's great. Well, it's yeah, I, I'm just kind of looking at the the trailer in the background, and uh, one of the shots is uh, one of the like a, a toilet in the cabin, just like just just feces just flying everywhere i did say while the ship was literally turning to shit literally turning to shit yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh it's looking great but yeah no like the way that it um kind of like frames these kind of yeah like these power relations and stuff like yeah and then it's interesting you'll see it the moment things fall apart 
it's like yeah these rich people that have nothing that they can do and they're turning to the low level staff and they're being like you know how do i make how do i make her get like go fishing for us like how do we do that and then realizing that it's like you know the like she's the only one that has any power to do anything and kind of you know the power structure immediately uh reestablishes itself which i think is exactly what would happen to these bunkers right these guys hire these like you know security people to take care of their whole thing it's like the first thing that you're gonna do is you're gonna seal seal the bunker behind you and your top security guy or your most uh i guess your um your most aspirational security staff is going to put a bullet in the back of your head. Your hungriest yeah. security guard. Your most yeah. grind set security guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's be. Let's just. Sigma. Let's just be. Let's just say what we yeah. mean. You're you're simply smartest security guard. You always yeah. had screwed on the absolute straightest. Uh, I, I want to bring us back to this opening article and say. Um, uh, taking their cue from Tesla, uh, no, back, back a paragraph there. This is probably the wealthiest, most powerful group I've ever encountered. Yet here they were asking a Marxist media theorist for advice. Again, 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 I could get this job uh, for advice on where and how to configure their doomsday bunkers. That's when it hit me. At least as far as these gentlemen were concerned, this was a talk about the future of technology. Taking their cue from Tesla founder Elon Musk colonizing Mars, Palantir's Peter Thiel reversing the aging process, or artificial intelligence developers Sam Altman and Ray Kurzweil uploading their minds into supercomputers, they were preparing for a digital future that had less to do with making the world a better place than it did to do with transcending the human condition altogether. Their extreme wealth and privilege served only to make them obsessed with insulating themselves from the very real and present danger of climate change, rising sea levels, mass migrations, global pandemics, nativist panic, and resource depletion. For them, the future of technology is only about one thing, escape from the rest of us. Mm. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, implications there for what we've spoken about with climate leviathan do you know what i mean this is literally like yeah. what climate leviathan is all about like the like the 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 final act of like right well we did the world world that didn't really work out what do we do now do you know what i mean it's it's yeah it's mm, yeah so. we do the space station we do the we do the elysium we uh we set up the space station we go live on that well the uh the workers toil down here <laughs> yeah well i mean i did it's it's funny as well because it shows that they're like they're not they, like of course they're scared of the climate, but they're scared of all of us. They're scared of the working class. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, what it is yeah. because they know that as soon as society like collapses in in some kind of way, that everybody knows that they're the people who did this. Everybody knows that, that yeah. that's why this happened. I think I can I think I can one up their like dilemma about like who, how to control their security guards, right? Because it's like. It's reasonable to assume every single one of their security guards has 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 actually come to the conclusion if this shit goes down, I will just kill that guy first. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they've already thought that. Like every security group has had that discussion. They're like, look, we are <laughs> we have you know, yeah, probably they're all like, WhatsApp together. Mm-hmm. They're, they're <laughs> yeah, all listening like, to like, like left wing podcasts and radicalizing <laughs> <laughs> like Blackwater guys. If yeah, you're 100%. what if 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 any of you are watching right now, don't wait. Why wait for the apocalypse? Yeah. Just do it now. Yeah. Just do it fucking no, I, now. I totally imagine them, you know, like having this discussion where they were all kind of like, you know, like working class people or whatever that are like, mm. hey, look, like this is our ticket. This is our ticket to survive. We get in with this guy. It doesn't matter what happens. I squandered after. my, I wasted my youth. I should have become like a psycho Navy SEAL guy. Yeah, instead. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. 
I have a friend who became a psycho Navy SEAL guy. Uh, she's much happier now. You wind up in the mm. same place anyway. Good for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, um, yeah, no, I feel like, yeah, it's like you would to the kind of people that do those jobs specifically for the private kind of market are the people that are having those discussions about like, you know, like how do we assume control? So, you know, so yeah, the, the Jocko Willink kind of types or whatever. Yeah. Um, so uh, AI and automation have been uh, kind of uh, obviously prominent discourses in, in art, in uh, all sorts of stuff. One of the reasons I wanted to say about uh, automation in politics for this episode was that recently again, robot-run and led uh, UK Labour Party, uh, tweeted, artificial intelligence can free up staff and provide better and faster care for patients. Only Labour will bring our health service into the digital age and make it fit for the future. And this is a Daily Mail article that they're tweeting. Fantastic. Labour vows to use AI to slash, to slash record NHS weight figures uh, as figures reveal, service still uses eighty thousand pages. Is that is this real? Is that what you're saying? Is this a real thing? It's their hype for it. They're gonna. They're, oh. They want to do it. Whether it works, real is... fake man Wes Streeting, um, <laughs> uh, Labour's shadow health self secretary, self-confessed binge drinker Wes Streeting, and that Self- way. Self-confessed literal android. <laughs> yeah, another great example. I'm not saying this to like shame him. I'm saying this to make a broader point about how uh, the gaffes that AI politicians will give us are not the same as the ones that humans do. Arguably, humans do because West Streeting did an interview with the Guardian where he's like, "Shadow Health Secretary, cool. First thing I'm going to tell you is I binge drink every time I go out drinking." Yeah, I'm really happy uh, that Wes. Cool, Reed's, thanks, Wes. You know, what I mean, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's definitely a good person to be in charge of the health service. Makes him more relatable. True, of all, especially as a Brit, um, of all the things that, like, um, I I, I imagine Wes Streeting capable of doing. I, this is actually this is actually spot on for what I thought Wes <laughs> Streeting could possibly have done about the national health service in this country. All of your politicians just have really weird names to me, like Wiz Streeting is like... Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a weird dude, weird McDonald's fueled dude, but he's going to get into power, drink eight cans of strong lager, and then he's going to hand all of the energy. He's going to hit the big red to... button while drinking a White Claw and we'll all yeah. cheer him on for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like th- that's the real thing to me is the data thing. Like the, the NHS's data about you is of remarkably low quality and like poor <laughs> collation but True. it's also extremely valuable um and <laughs> what's happening here is that like all of that is going to go to some ai freak show company to like train yeah. on something else like yeah that's the concern for me yeah um, no yeah, i yeah. agree i think you're spot on yeah yeah. yeah, no, I've seen things before where um, people have tried to automate processes with, like, incomplete data sets or data that isn't um, kind of, like, doesn't cross-reference itself sort of thing. And then, you know, they end up with being like, oh, you know, we have, like, all these people were that were born, but because we don't cross-reference their death dates or whatever, like, we have statistics for people that are like hundreds and hundreds of years old you know because yeah. they just you know never thought like oh yeah no we should um we should probably include that these these same people died at some point you know <laughs> and then you know you have like like you know and they're doing like a it throws out the averages and everything like that like it just destroys everything so um yeah terrible terrible data sets 
with um, AI sounds like something that would be just very hilarious. Um, but you know, <laughs> my my favorite my favorite example of the NHS's data system is that if you uh, live in the UK and you you know you're registered with a GP or whatever, you have an NHS number. It used to be called a Community Health Index number, um, and that's your like permanent record, right? All your shits on there, um, and those are divided by sex binarily so that like if you're assigned male at birth you get a, a an odd one if you're assigned female at birth you get an even one i think i know where but, you might be going with this but alice what if you apply to have your gender marker changed on the system Ooh. crazy they gotta give you a whole new number and it doesn't make any provision for your gender not matching your sex and yeah. so and i know it's a reductive explanation i'm just using a shorthand don't fucking at me but like that means that you get all of the health monitoring that would be applied to a cis woman, but none of the health monitoring that would be applied to a cis man, uh, or vice versa, right? So you get, like, you don't get the fucking prostate checks automatically, but you do get the pap smears automatically, or vice versa, right? Um, <laughs> it's very smart. It's not archaic, yeah. I don't think. I think this is fit for purpose. <laughs> yes, yeah. And I, I, just, I just think, when they designed this, uh, like... Okay, like yeah, transgender was invented like six months ago. Fine, whatever. True, but like, true. there's there's like disparate fucking uh like sexual uh like um dimorphism or whatever at birth already. Who um, looks at that as a database engineer and goes, as two kinds, uh, we're gonna separate them out by numbers, odds and evens, easy. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no no one's changed that since in 20, yeah. 30 years. There could just be a thing where they could just change the little tag that says like you know M to F or whatever like that, and just you know like, but instead it's like, you know, it's just yeah, it's it's it's. So amazing. my girl, my girlfriend did this. My girlfriend changed her gender marker, and it meant that when she was going in to get a a COVID booster because she's you know at risk, mm -hmm. um, they lost all like history of COVID vaccinations. So she oh, was right. Like, like ineligible for like a, a a short while before they like quote unquote sorted it out. Yeah, yeah they have to like add that shit back in manually. Like yeah, uh, to, but yeah. to get my like if I if I changed my NHS number, if I had them do that, uh I would lose my surgery referral and they would have to start from scratch oh, again. Right, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. That would fucking whip. So, um yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean it's not like I was gonna get the fucking surgery off of that referral so, anyway, so whatever. I've just, but, I've just spent yeah, a moment yeah. looking through uh one or two copies of uh, the New Statesman and Economist uh to find a, a fantastic piece of writing on Wes Streeting to inform some people who who don't have a clear picture of Let's who go. Let's our go. boy is. Those around the Labour leader had never wavered in their contempt for Mr. Corbyn. Unlike Sir Keir, I, I love liberals. Unlike Sir Keir, fuck yourself, <laughs> most senior members of the current shadow cabinet, such as Rachel Reeves, the shadow chancellor, refused to serve under the previous leader. Wes Streeting, the shadow health secretary, slated Mr. Corbyn often and enthusiastically. Even the soft left was too much for him. At one dinner party, Mr. Streeting found, found out that someone had supported Ed Miliband rather than his slightly more right-wing brother, David, in the 2010 his party leadership campaign. His slightly more right-wing brother. The, the fucking extraordinary rendition waterboarding guy, David Miliband. <laughs> yeah. That David yeah, yeah, Miliband, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the 2010 party leadership campaign, according to one profile, the shadow frontbencher and his friends, quote, got out their knives and started stabbing the table, chanting, traitor, traitor, traitor. 
Oh, I, found, I just found the best picture of him that actually like is exactly what he would have looked like at that time. Um, put in the chat. So yeah, yeah for <laughs> anyone for anyone listening, um, for anyone listening, yeah. there is like a, a what I would describe as like a, a poisoned muppet, sort of a sort of horrible rat. Yeah, the background is just money. Yeah, there's just fifty pound notes. notes in the background. Yeah. I've been yep. saying Wes Streeting is the UK's people to judge, and he just couldn't more. Like he, he even ha- they cut mm. they're, they're they're rats from the same nest. I think. And dear yeah. rat boy, he looks he looks like he has gone to the store and they've told him that they have run out of both his first and second most favorite flavors of piss. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, I think they'll they'll come together like you know Wes Streeting, Pete Buttigieg, like you know all these mm. neo-lib freaks. They'll come together to make one of the, like the worst rat kings. Yeah, ever. the tails <laughs> will get caught together. And yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah their ties actually, their ties and lanyards get caught. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the fucking guy, right? That's that's the fucking guy who is proposing uh, using AI to fix the to fix the NHS. Uh, Labour has vowed to embrace new technology. Again, this is the Daily Mail, so uh, in case anything comes up that sounds not like what Sophie would say, that's because it's the Daily fucking Mail. Uh, where, <laughs> where my, my sworn enemies, the Daily Mail, who published the Penis Woman article. Great, great way to smuggle in your most regressive social views, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Labour has vowed to embrace new technology and artificial intelligence to slash NHS waiting lists as new figures reveal the service still uses... 79,000 pages, which is a thousand less than in the title. So maybe by the end of the article, there'll be no pages. Um, Wes Streeting, the party's shadow health secretary, will set out his plans to get the latest breakthroughs into hospitals faster and at a lower price. Speaking at the NHS Confed Expo conference in Manchester, he will outline how AI can be used to speed up cancer diagnoses and free up staff time. Oh, oh the diagnostic oh. stuff isn't bad. That's one thing I'll say about, about AI <laughs> is that, like, if you if you train it on a bunch of X-rays that some of them yeah. have cancer and some of them don't, and mm. you get it to say which ones have cancer, and then a human looks at it, it's all right, yeah. right? Like, yeah, it's much more accurate than a human. But crucially, uh, patients will choose to have a human, knowing the AI is more accurate because they mm. want human accountability. Yeah. They want a person yeah, yeah. they can talk to about it. Um, well, you know, a, a computer can never can never make a decision, can never be held accountable. Therefore, it can never like it should never be allowed to make a decision which it should be held Bingo. accountable for. Sure, right. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I like. I think there's room for all this technology. It's just like the way it's going to be implemented is so fucking cynical, and it's going to be implemented in this way where it's like. Um, like we say, it's not going to be less work for anyone, right? And it's not going to improve anyone's outcomes. It's just going to make things like it's going to paper over the cracks of shit that's already miserable as they get wider. It's like what we're talking about with the industrial revolution, where it's like they tell you, like, oh, this is going to free up people to do this work, but it's not. It's yeah. just going to put those in inside of the kind of neoliberal capitalist hellhole system, whatever, like that. It's just gonna, it's gonna free up people from the shackles of uh, employment and paying their bills and rent and Mm. all that kind of shit like that. It's just going to make a bunch of people unemployed. And I feel like when it starts making people that are in like these kind of prestigious jobs um, unemployed, we're going to see a lot more people actually taking the discussion seriously. Because at the moment it's kind of like, oh, you know, like we could maybe just cut out some kind of bureaucracy or whatever like that. But then sure. 
you know, now they're talking about like medical specialists and then it's going to be lawyers and all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden it's going to be a big deal. The, the, the law stuff is interesting, but like what's interesting too is we've kind of had a preview in the UK of how that's going to go, or in England and Wales at least, because um, we've had the, the BMA, the British Medical Association, go out on strikes. We've had junior doctors go out on strikes. Mm. And, oh, you never like to criticize a union, right? But the BMA's comms team has so many times fallen into the trap of like, man, don't you think it's terrible that I, a doctor with a real job, get paid as little as someone who works at Starbucks? Yeah, oh, cringe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cringe. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be the way that things go unless someone really gets their act together in the BMA is more of this of like, but this wasn't supposed to happen to my job. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. This isn't supposed to happen in England. Mm -hmm. This has been happening with law for like way longer, perversely. Like the Criminal Bar Association in particular has been like striking many times and like, you know, screaming and screaming about the lack of legal aid um, and like overwork, underpay, all of this. Mm. That's sort of like died unheralded because no one gives a shit. No one thinks that you're allowed to have a defense lawyer, right? Like, uh, no, no one thinks that you're allowed to have a defense barrister, certainly, uh, yeah. let alone claim legal aid. Uh, when that starts getting into other areas of law, that you know the the kinds of law that you go into when you want to make money instead of like sacrifice yourself on the altar of justice or whatever, then I yeah then I think it'll get interesting. But yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and I think yeah that it's going to be it, it, there's going to be times when I think there's going to be some like some weird alliances being made and it kind of yeah mm -hmm. it is that thing where it's like these you know like we were saying with bma union it's like the doctors that are complaining that they're you know earning the same as like a a lowly you know barista or whatever like that need to realize that it's like you like in literally in the same boat why am i in this shitty boat what why did i get put in this boat use that big doctor brain to think about like mm, what do yeah. you have in common <laughs> with these people and what is what what is the you know is the start the kid at Starbucks the reason that you're not getting paid like diagnose the uh, the syndrome you're afflicted by if you will exactly yeah, yeah yeah I do sympathize with them just instinctively because like that's real ideology right is that like <laughs> yeah. you 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 get like that's the job that you get if you want total ironclad reassurance that you will have like a middle class income forever right that's what parents tell their kids that's what like school careers advisors tell you is like well people aren't going to stop getting sick and we're always going to take care of doctors nope jokes on you we're not doing that anymore we're not doing that for anyone we're we're so busy like cutting stuff we will do us we want it so bad we will do austerity to the only people keeping us in power we're going to cut the police budget we're going to cut the military <laughs> budget like britain is absolutely like 100 100% committed on that. You almost have to admire it. The idea that there are jobs that people should be paid shit to do. I know this is like, you know, something that we've talked mm, about yeah, yeah. a lot before, but it's like, you know, there is this kind of assumption with a lot of people that it's kind of like, oh no, like, you know, if you're making coffee at Starbucks, that's a shitty job because you, yeah. you know, like you haven't, you haven't been to university for that or whatever. So you should, you know, and if you want, if you want to earn more, you'd get a better job. Like, you know, idiot. But like they call it un unskilled labor, don't they? That's what the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like it's it. it's totally a scam. Like I, you know, I, mean, I feel like it's funny because I have seen people say like, oh, you know, like why would I, why would I tip my barista, or whatever, like that? Like you know, they're just performing a, a function, you know. And it's like, man, like you chose you chose to come in here, you chose to get 
a coffee made by a person, not like a horrible Nespresso machine or whatever like yeah. that. Like a horrible vision of the future where I'm like lying on the operating table having to pick out the Uber Eats tip for my surgeon and I'm like I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> Or like, yeah, you know, like gig economy surgeons where it's like, okay, yeah. well. <laughs> but we're, we're going back to medieval times, barber surgeons, yeah. you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. You know? But um, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy time for a lot of this stuff. I think a point I w- I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get at here is the ways that automation is used as a tool of class warfare, really specifically from the original from the original automation in the, in the cotton industry to get rid of uh, unionized spinners. And then, of course, we have the Luddites, right? We made reference to earlier who went around smashing up machinery in factories to protest how uh how how unionized workers were being replaced by machines um another funny another funny twist melm highlights actually is like uh at one point when they replace they try and replace their unionized male spinner workforce with uh with women because they figure I-, I don't know women are less likely to what talk and work together i don't entirely understand yeah. the maths <laughs> they're doing mm. there but um you know uh, through through to you know through to um uh the 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 just like the it, it it's it's very comparable to the transition to a service sector economy we've talked about this a lot on the show uh how um how uh countries in the imperial core displaced their manufacturing manufacturing and industrial labor into the imperial periphery specifically because their industrial workers were unionized and had class consciousness and posed a real threat to the to the ruling class um and they're just they're still pulling the same exact tricks which is just like anytime that we start developing more class consciousness they find some way to say well we'll just make you completely we'll just make you completely irrelevant yeah this is the 13th of June is when this article is from and and, and the tw- the accompanying tweet. Um, it is not, it's not a while ago at some absolutely coincidental and random time. Five or six days ago. Yeah. This is, mm-hmm. yeah, this is, this is month after months and months and months of huge marches, demonstrations, strikes, uh, and, and collective bargaining by doctors in the UK. Uh, Wes Streeting, neoliberal tulpa man is uh is is saying i will replace you with ai if you keep on uh c- kicking up too much of a fuss and i think that's it's just really important to see it through that lens and if i just uh end my my little rant on a on a book recommendation <laughs> once again aaron benanaf the the good aaron b talking about automa- automation it's uh aaron benanaf's automation and the future of work fantastic book uh, goes into a huge number of things like how automation doesn't usually result in unemployment. It usually results in underemployment. Uh, that, that history I'm talking about, the, the transition to the service sector economy, um, just tons of shit, just tons of shit about like the ways in which class consciousness uh, will be struggling against automation until it is working beautifully with automation once we get rid of the real bastards who are in the way. Yeah. Mm. I mean, like some, something we talk about on Trash Future all the time is that uh, capital, like it needs a frontier, right? Um, mm. And originally it takes the form of like a geographic frontier and that starts internally, you run out of those, you go to like a new periphery and that's colonialism, right? And then you run out of those eventually and you need like a, a temporal frontier and then you get like debt and futures and stuff like that. Um, or like, you know, you, you displace all of these things you need like a sort of a frontier of the mind, right? And then you get into stuff like the fucking internet. But and until now, we're at the point where there's so little left that we're into like the frontier of credibility. And like, that's what I think AI <laughs> is. That's what I think automation in this sense is is it's you know, the people who are most willing to believe this. Yeah. Um yeah. 
uh, yep. are able to like push that frontier of capital. And if you sort of like if you if you have a more skeptical view of like the implementation or even the capabilities of this stuff, uh, it doesn't matter. It's going to pass you by because that's you know it's been decided now. That's what the frontier is, and that's what we're going to exploit. So I think this is where we might run into. Um, well, I, I I I we would in a Twitter exchange saying these exact things earlier. So this is why we wound up on the topic today. But like, so, so because of that, I anticipated you might say this. Um, and I wanted to read you this part specifically from the first article we were reading. Uh, what I came to realize was that these men are actually the losers. Let's fucking go. Um, the billionaires who called yeah. me out to the desert to evaluate their bunker strategies are not the victors of the economy game so much as the victims of its perversely limited rules more than anything they have succumbed to a mindset where winning means earning any enough money to insulate themselves from the damage they are creating by earning money in that way it's as if they want to build a car that goes fast enough to escape from its own exhaust uh, yet the Silicon Valley escapism, let's call it the mindset, encourages its, its adherents to believe that the winners can somehow leave the rest of us behind. Never before have our society's most powerful players assumed that the primary impact of their own conquests would be to render the world itself unlivable for everyone else. Nor have they ever, nor have they ever before had the technologies through which to program their sensibilities into the very fabric of our society. The landscape is alive with algorithms and intelligences actively encouraging these selfish and isolationist outlooks. Those sociopathic enough to embrace them are rewarded with cash and control over the rest of us. It's a self-reinforcing feedback loop. This is new. And um, yeah, I think that I, I mean, I think it's powerfully written, but I think moreover, um, I don't like wholly agree, but I do think that like um, regarding new frontiers, like they've, they've found a new frontier. Like I agree with you that this is like that in terms of um, seeking out like a new frontier that they can, they can make everything be about um, AI could be a big possibility to them, except it's not going to outpace like like the car trying to go faster than its own exhaust. Yeah, like I love that. it can't it actually can't outpace the contradiction that it's trying to resolve, which is like mm. if they I hear those high to... <laughs> yeah, they're they're trying to they're trying to make their ladder taller as but the, the to, so they can get get up further than the contradictions reach, but they just keep getting getting taller and taller all the time. It's it's like they're trying to replace the working class out when the working class are and the existence of the entire working class, crucially, is the is the the whole thing that gives them any power. Like the security guards, right? Like the security guards will have no reason to tolerate them if money doesn't have any value and money doesn't have any value if the rest of society doesn't exist, right? Mm. And as for automation, it's like automation... If you, if if these, if one of these guys who's already rich enough to never have to worry about anything again for the rest of his life, like wanted to build the bunker, fill it with robot staff, uh, have robots that tend to, to fields, right? right? That like produce enough food for him to have and like and, and have himself and several guests just live in total isolation with absolutely all labor automated that's something that they can already achieve as a frontier as a as a as a like a world ending victory moment as it were because it's ultimately like the idea of the world ending is this idea of a final tally being taken of history mm. like shit being absolutely over you get your like civilization six scoreboard at the end, right? Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Fra Francis Fukuyama pops up on screen and goes, "Congratulations!" <laughs> um, you, you like new game plus. You like drop in as a yeah, like, free yeah. hominid. We are living in the new game plus right now. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel like a while back he popped up and he was like, "Yeah, so about what I see, the end of end of history. Yeah, <laughs> we're in overtime." 
they tried having their end of history one way around, right? Which was to try to provide the biggest bubble of peace and stability and prosperity and jobs and education that they could through neoliberal capitalism. And that was the noughties. And now, and now the contradictions have heightened to the point that that bubble is, is rupturing. And they're all thinking, well, I will have my end of history a different way. Uh, I'm not going to actively kill the world, but I'm going to let all the things that I'm doing that kill the world just keep on going. And then I'm going to just isolate myself off and then I'll feel like the winner. But exactly like our boy uh, Rushkoff's written, uh, these men are actually the losers. I, 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 I do. I, I really agree with this point that like they may well like try to isolate themselves off. In some senses, I feel the I do feel my joke earlier like. As the, as the door is closing on the bunker, they realize that everyone else has made communism and they're trying desperately to get back out again so they can, so they can make a profit <laughs> yeah. instead. They've like, they've like locked themselves in the fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In many senses, I do see that as the most likely outcome. That like these guys might be on their bunker somewhere and, you know, they might still have access to like cherries or whatever, whatever else has gone extinct yeah, yeah. for the rest of <laughs> they us. they got all the Twinkies, yeah. But yeah, yeah, but, but we're like, but we're experiencing communism. So, yeah. you know, uh, fuck them. Um, so uh, I'll not quite finish the article yet because we're not quite at the end of the time, but I've got this bit in the middle. Uh, by the time I boarded my return flight to New York, my mind was reeling with the implications of the mindset. What were its main tenets? Who were its true believers? What, if anything, could we do to resist it? Before I had even landed, I posted an article about my strange encounter to surprising effect. Almost immediately, I began receiving inquiries from businesses catering to the billionaire prepper, all hoping I would make some introductions <laughs> on their behalf to the five Fuck men yes. I had written about. I heard from a the real estate agent. The trade fair at the end of the universe. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I heard from a real estate agent who specializes in disaster-proof listings, a company taking reservations for its third underground dwellings project, and a security firm offering various forms of risk management. But the message that got my attention came from a former president of the American Chamber of Commerce in Latvia. J.C. Cole had witnessed the fall of the Soviet Empire, as well as what it took to rebuild a working society almost from scratch. He had also served as a landlord for the American and European Union embassies and learned a whole lot about security systems and evacuation plans. <laughs> you certainly stirred up a bee's nest, he began his first email to me. It's quite accurate. The wealthy hiding in their bunkers will have a problem with their security teams. I believe you are correct with your advice to treat those people really well right now, but also the concept may be expanded and I believe there is a better system that would give much better results. Good. <laughs> First principles. Maybe you could treat everybody that well. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Incredible. No, no, it can't happen. We're all getting the shot colours. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're getting the uh, <laughs> little, uh, Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's um it, it, yeah, it is ridiculous. It's like um this kind of thing where it's like, yeah, I feel like this these people have these like gigantic blind spots, just um, you know, and it's because they're living in a world insulated from, you know, the rest of us, the working class or whatever. And yeah. um so yeah, these like, like these like quite like basic like observations about like, you know, like, oh maybe we could do this, this would be the best thing, whatever, like that. To them, it's just like that's not even like, you know, you could hire an expert that comes out and talks to them and says, like, hey, well, you know, like what we what you should do is, you know, like we should start kind of like looking into, you know, maybe socialism or something like that. And they're just not even going to like, they'll, they'll twist that around. They'll be like, Oh, okay, cool. So 
we're going to start um, implementing socialist policies for, you know, like for, <laughs> yeah. for people like me, you know, like, uh, so mm. we're going to have free healthcare <laughs> for the people that can already afford it, you know, just like, always going to twist it around. I've been thinking about this, though, because one thing that I think keeps happening is um, now that neoliberalism is not possible in its original sort of like noughties form or even its like 2010s form. I mean, it's it's, it's very possible in its original form. And we're going to see Chile neoliberalism trials yeah. the world over. Ch Chilean yeah. neoliberalism brought to a neighborhood near you any day now. <laughs> it's funny, I, I was going to mention Chile, but not for that reason. I, I think that um, if you're in the imperial core, right, and like the, the wire is shrinking, the number of people that you want to keep having social services getting smaller, but even to do that, I think there's this idea of a sort of like minimum viable central planning or planned economy, because like we, we have planned economies already, right? It's just that the people doing the planning don't think of themselves as planners typically. Yeah. Um, and, but like there's time and time again we get forced into like little individual disconnected bits of socialism where it's like oh we're gonna have to like renationalize this train company but we yeah. hate it and we really like we're gonna complain about it the whole time someone i know uh just I'll, I'll keep it brief but someone i know works for um uh works for the um i think it is a national i think it is a a, a like I think it's a public-private partnership, but it is doing more train infrastructure stuff. It's not one of the operators of the train lines. They're like ensuring that the the tracks themselves are all good. Oh, rail track, yeah, or network rail rather, possibly. Um, and they basically there was this one area of the UK where um where it was it, it's run by Virgin. I don't mind saying um that like was absolutely performing like the dead last worst fucking dog shit absolutely terrible and so they they um they renationalized it for a little while just to like mm. fix it like figure out the kinks work it like work it into a better situation and hand it back over to virgin and during that time it became the the most profitable most efficient best running area in the entire country and uh now it's right back to the fucking worst again now that virgin uh <laughs> have reprivatized repri it yeah, I think that's going to happen in more and more fields as they get more yeah. and more precarious, as they are poorly managed. As they're going to require more and more government intervention that's going to like lift them off of the bottom of the barrel and then they'll fall right back down again. And we'll just keep on keeping on that way until further notice when more and more sectors of the economy. And what I think is going to happen, or what I worry is going to happen, is that we're going to try and like centrally coordinate that process. And the reason I bring up Chile is I think we're going to try and do a kind of neoliberal cyber sign. I think we're going to like treat AI <laughs> as a kind of capitalist cybernetics to like organize production in a way that's deniable and that has a thick coat of like public private all over it. Yeah. It's going to like try and keep the like the absolute like wolves from the door existential threat to state. I mean, I don't see that. I don't when you're saying you're you're worried about that, I don't see that as that unlikely. My main my main issue with anything you're saying there is the use of the word we because when you're describing mm. what when you're, you're describing what lanyards and wonks are going to be doing, and you're and you're and you're and you're, and you're inserting yourself in is, with is them as if a very you're... tight lanyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so um, just to just to uh, I, I say we to mean me. like society. Uh, yeah. by the way. But, so but the greater but, but we. The, the vast majority of people in society do not choose to take the actions the politicians choose to take. That's right. right. The, doesn't, the doesn't real matter. doesn't matter. <laughs> the real we and Alice, I know, I know a little about the real we. Um, <laughs> um, big we fan, big yeah, we yeah. fan. Sophie from Mars. Um, 
is is you know communities of care and 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 mutual aid communities that will make up for like like I, I I entirely buy what you're saying about a neoliberal cyber sign. I think that's entirely going to happen, and it's going to be fucking irrelevant. So 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 what you're saying is you 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 agree with me, but you're complaining about <laughs> the pronouns that I used. Yes, of course. <laughs> and you read the Daily Mail and the Economist. And I read the Daily Mail. That's right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Outed as a reactionary on my own podcast. Mm, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to come on to Trash Future and read you for filth. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, a bit a, a better system that would give much better results, right? Um, so this is this is fantastic. So he says he felt certain that the event, a gray swan or unpredictable cast, catastrophe, uh, sorry, catastrophe triggered by our enemies, Mother Nature, or just by accident, was inevitable. <laughs> Wes Streeting has a few too many and sits on the button. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He had done a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and concluded that preparing for calamity required us to take the very same measures as trying to prevent one. By coincidence, he explained, I am setting up a series of safe haven farms in the New York City area. These are designed to handle an, uh, best handle an event and also benefit society as semi-organic farms, both within three hours drive from the city, close enough to get there where it happens. And oh, I love don't... that so fucking much yeah. because it's like it's it's like this it's like this impossibly rich dude who like as they as they said in the article like worked through the fall of the Soviet Union so like some guy who has definitely like uh fucking had to had to collaborate with neo Nazis who are selling meth and like yeah. holding yeah, holding yeah. poor people at gunpoint and shit uh coming to the same exact conclusions as I am in my big project at the moment just like we should just do the things to take care of each other because that will both prevent the bad thing and take care of each other after the bad thing like we don't have to worry so much about the apocalypse if we avoid the apocalypse yeah the <laughs> there it is J C Cole it turns out is red planet pilled. Mm. Like, I just really like the phrase uh the event that he keeps yeah. using. Because it, it reminds me it reminds me of It's very Michelin Web, right? Not just the Michelin Web thing, also the don't ever put me in a situation thing. You know, like if if yeah. I'm ever in an event, you better believe that I'm I'm like surviving that event, whatever that event <laughs> might be. I will do a kinetic assessment of the event. I will figure out the strength, weaknesses, yes. opportunities, and threats, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll and then I'll swap. overcome the event. Um <laughs> yeah. I'll use cat like reflex to to uh, to outmaneuver yeah, yeah. the event, and then I will be fine. I will ride my motorbike down the middle of the, <laughs> of the highway. <laughs> my katana in one hand. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do my strengths, weakness analysis, uh, fucking conclusion analysis because it was all strength. <laughs> strength, Weaknesses, katana, strength, archery, strength, motorbike. <laughs> it's all strength and all opportunities. It's like yeah. uh, opportunities. Yeah. People to slash with my katana. People to <laughs> shoot with my with my crossbow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll, I will close out that article um, uh, because basically, like, he went to. He went to check out some of their some more people's bunkers. He kind of did a tour around bit different different rich preppers' bunkers, uh, which must have been an incredible time. And I wish he would have vlogged it. Um, yeah, he yeah, says, yeah, on closer analysis, however, the probability of a fortified bunker actually protecting its occupants from the reality of well reality is very slim. 
For one, the closed ecosystems of the underground facilities are preposterously brittle. For example, an indoor sealed hydroponic garden is vulnerable to contamination. Vertical farms with moisture sensors and computer-controlled irrigation systems look great in business plans and on the roof of Bay Area startups. When a pallet of topsoil or a row of crops goes wrong, it can can simply be pulled and replaced. These hermetically sealed apocalypse grow room doesn't allow for such such do-overs. Just the known unknowns are enough to dash any reasonable hope of survival, but this doesn't seem to stop wealthy preppers from trying. The New York Times reported that real estate agents specializing in private islands were overwhelmed with inquiries during the COVID-19 mm. pandemic. Interesting, uh, interesting. I have a drop of Donald <laughs> Trump uh, say, <laughs> saying a certain word. But if they, I mean, if, if they hadn't sold those private islands, we would never would have got a uh, glass onion. So consider, um, mm. prospective clients were even asking about whether there was enough land to do some agriculture in addition to installing a helicopter landing pad. But while a private island might be a good place to wait out a temporary plague, turning it into a self-sufficient defensible ocean fortress is harder than it sounds. Small islands are utterly dependent on air and sea deliveries for basic staples. Solar panels and water filtration equipment need to be replaced and re- serviced at regular intervals. That- that's interesting too. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have a solar panel recycling crisis in like twenty five years because you you have to dispose of them and we don't know how to do that yet. Which <laughs> yeah. right? There's, there's not enough silver in the world to build all of the solar panels that we need to be building, and we can recycle like one to two percent of it from a solar panel. Yeah. Now. So that's fun. Yep. Amazing. Love that. Um, a new a new thing to worry about. Yeah, oh. you're welcome. I I just do that. I'm sorry. I want to do a massive autistic info dump about the use of gold and silver in sus- suspended in glass right now, but I I, I have a sh- have a podcast to make. Um, so uh, the billionaires who reside in such locales are more, not less, dependent on complex supply chains than those of us embedded in industrial civilization. Surely the billionaires who brought me out for advice on their exit strategies were aware of these limitations. Could it have all been some sort of game? Five men sitting around a poker table, each wagering his escape plan was best. But if they were in it, in it just for fun, they wouldn't have called me. They would have flown out. They wouldn't. They would have flown out the author of a zombie apocalypse comic book. If they wanted to test their bunker plans, they'd have hired a security expert from Blackwater or the Pentagon. They seemed to want something more. Their language went far beyond questions of disaster preparedness and verged on politics and philosophy. Words such as individuality, sovereignty, governance, and autonomy. That's because it wasn't their actual bunker strategies I've been brought out to evaluate so much as their as the philosophy and mathematics they were using to justify their commitment to escape. They were working out they were working out what I've come to call the insulation equation. Could they earn enough money to insulate themselves from the reality they were creating by earning money in this way? Was there any valid justification for striving to be so successful that they could simply leave the rest of us behind, apocalypse or not? Or was this really their intention all along? Maybe the apocalypse mm-hmm. is less something they're trying to escape than an excuse to realize the mindset's true goal, to rise above mere mortals and execute the ultimate exit strategy. Mm. It's, it's all power fantasy, and they, they brought yeah. this dude along to sort of like chronicle it, and he only figured mm-hmm. that out in like sort of the end of the thing, uh-huh. which is cool. Yeah, I personally um, would have figured it out way sooner, uh, but uh, <laughs> felt different. I think to return to your thing about like frontiers of of of, of capitalism, like I think that they, um, I think that this is something where so uh, Marx 
pointed to uh, fictitious capital as the thing that's going to that will bring down capitalism. And uh, Graeber also said like the the depegging from the gold standard, uh, uh, allowing the dollar to like like allowing you know th therefore like all currencies to finally be completely untethered from like uh, anything stable uh, as the as the beginning of the end. And like oh by the way, uh, chat everybody drink. Um, we have a game where I, I, <laughs> I mentioned yeah, Graeber. Yeah. Um, so, um, uh, you know, and I think that like what we're seeing here is like, again, if these guys, if their, if their frontier is essentially an exit from capitalism, like a right to exit an ability to be done with the game, mm -hmm. um, that's not, that's obviously not something that they can sell to anyone. So there's one, there's one contradiction, um, already, but I think it, it is coming out of like, these are all guys who are making their money off of uh off of fictitious capital off of the finance sector because like anyone sufficiently rich to that degree is making their money through wall street yeah um and i think that that's yeah i don't know i i, I do think that that holds up with graber and marx because it's like the it's like they're 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 simply so detached from anything to do with any kind of reality that they that they've got nothing left to even imagine giving to anyone hmm What's that? What's the tweet that I'm thinking of? That it's like, in, in, <laughs> oh, in babe, you have such of, a good brain. I know, you have such a great, healthy brain. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I went on a website about ten years ago, and it made me normal. Um, so <laughs> like, I, I wonder what it's like being a billionaire because everything is like completely untextured every your entire life is a series yeah. of preferences and in yeah. terms of cognitive impairment it might it must be like being kicked in the head by a horse every day of your life <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it is true though i am um, i have i have met someone that was raised um ultra wealthy and um to him like whether it was like you know fine dining michelin star chef or McDonald's, it was all just food because the value was like, you know, the comparative value was just not even an yeah, issue, nothing. you know, it's just doesn't matter nothing, if it's yeah. five bucks or 500 bucks, it's like, it's still just, you know, it's just not that much, mm. you know? Joke's on him, because you've got a sack of concrete and you know where his bunkers air vents are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, the wild thing is just that it's like, um, like, yeah, I do feel like it would, it would turn... Um, it would turn a lot of things to a grey, un untextured paste, right? You know, like mm. your uh, your experience, a lot of your experiences would um, have like a, I guess, like reduced impact, right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you're that you're that dude they put back in the Matrix. You're Cipher, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if billionaires could, if bil if there was a thing billionaires could buy that would give them. The, I, I do think this is this is basically the part that I majorly disagree with the article on is that I don't think they're trying to escape our experience. I think they're trying to escape us uh, mm -hmm. because like it's not it's not a fear of being like us that like if we, if they are around in the same society as us they could backslide and become working class again. It's like no, it never happens ever, literally ever. Like yeah. we remind them what it's like to be a human being, and that yeah. like scares them shitless, right? Yeah, like if they yeah. if there was a thing you made that could make a billionaire become a normal person, they would give mm. you absolutely every last cent. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. I have an opinion. I have an opinion. I because of my normal brain, I think that the one mistake that they've made and the one thing that has made a dent to their psychology is Twitter. Because <laughs> for, for a minute, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, this yeah. this is why 
like all of politics now is divided up between it should be illegal to at me and it should be illegal to block me is because <laughs> for, for like five minutes there was a period where you could call the richest people in the world dipshits to their face and they would read it i yeah, have yeah. told mark andreessen personally that i think his head looks like a juicer Right, he, like, he has to live with that, and it's driving him insane. Yeah, on yeah. a long scale. And what did they do? The richest man in the world, while continuing to let everyone know he is fucking miserable, turned mm, yeah, Twitter yeah. into a website where you, where, like, even the verified tab, right? Like, the, the verified tab was a way to overcome this. Uh, my friend who has like who who was like old legacy verified would always point out that like whenever she would reply to J.K. Rowling, J.K. Rowling definitely saw it because there's like the separate tab yeah. for yeah. if you're verified. <laughs> um, and like you know, like Musk has bought it and then deliberately changed the whole website so that like primarily around the idea that no longer will he ever have to see people calling him a dipshit and he can only see like sycophantic simpering fanboys mm -hmm. and and those hate him too yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is one to see them turn on him. but um yeah like this um this wild thing like i remember when uh the, they changed the verified system up and there were all these people and you like go to them and it'd be like a CIO, a CEO and all this kind of stuff. People just complaining about like, you know, like people insulting them or like, you know, things like this, like appealing directly to the manager of Twitter, you know, like to Elon being like, hey, um, I'm verified. Why do I have to put up with these people? And it's just like, and so I feel like that speaks to such like a, like a terminal brain worm that they yeah. have, you know, like this thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, wait a minute, like I paid. Like, why do I? Why am I amongst the? Wasn't it like Kim.com or something that said like we should make no. we should make blocking illegal or something like oh, that? Probably, like, yeah. Yeah. Com. yeah, he has like such the wild history down here. Like it's we like yeah, it's well, I know people that have like spent a lot of time with him. There was a while where he was trying to be really cool and he was inviting. Um, a lot of young people around to his his giant mansion for like Call of oh. Duty tournaments and stuff. And um, oh, cool. yeah, some friends of mine who are awesome. uh, really involved in like music production and like event hosting and stuff like that, they would frequently get invited around. And it, they said it would be like this thing where it's like you, it's like a tournament, everyone like, you know, comes around to play Call of Duty and stuff with Kim.com. And it eventually just ends up being a thing where it's like, you know, it's like you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to finish until he's the one that has definitively won. And then you end up just kind of like everyone's sitting around waiting to go home or they like watch him do like something funny on the computer or something Jesus like that. Christ. It's just like, this thing where it's cool. like just appealing cool. to his vanity or whatever. Yeah. But um him.com, that's another event to find. ASAP. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I mean it's like it's very, it's very findable. Like, yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> extremely findable. Um, and he was um he was actually involved briefly with um uh we have a party of well, we had a party over here, the Mana Party, which was like basically like a kind of like it was it was like a radical Maori party that um he got briefly involved with for like a bunch of really silly reasons. And they had like the internet mana party, which was like very wild a very wild time in um in new zealand politics but uh yeah he's like one of those people where it's like it's very conceivable that i'll actually i've crossed paths with him before i've been i've been in this presence a couple times but it's like there's there's there are situations where i could be like having a conversation with that guy like and it's not mm. that you know it's it's not that unlikely it's uh 
it could happen one day. We'll see. Yeah. I'll get some yeah. exclusive footage. Critical support to Comrade Bunnings. Just seeing if there's anything else on my notes. Uh, I think we already covered it's relevant that AI has become such a big topic during the second wave of organized labor, mm. and especially like or AI as a replacement for like skilled labor and creative industry stuff. Um, yeah, if that if that ever comes for podcasters, I'm fucked. So uh, <laughs> I. <laughs> Have you, seen, have you seen the extremely mid podcast clip between like um, Bill Gates and Socrates? Like, yeah, I think you might yeah, be fine yeah, for now. I was babe. watching that, shitting myself. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, this blows all of my bits about talking to Socrates out of the fucking water. What am I gonna do? Uh, pointing at pointing at pointing at automated Bill Gates and saying, "Alice, behold a man." <laughs> see a question up here i just scrolled up a little bit i'm not sure if it is directed at soph or alice but it mm. says um could you talk more about the discussion you had earlier on twitter about tragic realism that's all sophie i mean i mentioned it on there uh it, i was doing this is something i was doing on the on the liberal slop stream earlier as well um but basically the new statesman published this absolutely atrocious like seven page article where like robert kaplan who's recently written a book about what he calls tragic realism and then like uh two other dipshits like basically like rotate through the article uh like uh um how the fuck does it go it's like the first the, like robert kaplan being like um weimar germany was bad uh we, we might have to make some tough decisions soon for no one for but, but, like for no reason and it's no one's fault uh yeah. but we should also abandon ideology and not get carried away with ideology now and we're going to need realism <laughs> to get through this and then john gray comes in and says the same thing and then helen thingy comes in and says the same thing and then they rotate again and like jo- robert kaplan saying i don't know i i saw how bad it was in iraq after american interventionism uh clearly what we need is more liberalism <laughs> um <laughs> we need to like, turn up the liberalism down. i mean that, that that's that's sort of like one understanding of fascism right is that yeah. like y- you <laughs> yeah. have a sort of like a, a liberal state that no longer functions but you have to preserve uh extant capitalist yes. wealth and so yes. you do yes. uh, a, a kind of like national socialism yeah uh, exactly which, exactly yeah but just for the people you deem to be morally good and worthy and exactly citizens. exactly no I, so, I, this is exactly cool. what i was I, saying in the stream earlier like uh tragic realism is just like hillary clinton pulling down the night vision goggles it's just it's it's obama <laughs> putting on the grease paint and the camos uh it's mm-hmm. fucking it's ted lasso but he's got like a sniper rifle um yeah yeah ted lasso has been implicated in some shit too yeah <laughs> um <laughs> Mr. Lasso, we need to talk to you about these flight logs. Um, no, I, yeah. like, yeah, the, the the tragic realism thing it, it is just fascism, um, and it's it's sickening that the new statesman would pretend that it's not uh, in any sense. But I, that's all I can really say about it right now. It's it's, it's a little bit like the you know the Israeli concept of shooting and crying. Uh, it's sort of yes, like, um, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Where, where you like uh, we are gonna be? I say we again. It's not we. In fact, this one is emphatically <laughs> not we. Uh, so, uh, it's just it's just inherent in like my language, right? I don't mean we. Uh-huh. So they are gonna do uh, fascism again, or gonna try it, but they're gonna be so fucking self pitying about it. It's yes. gonna be yes, yeah, yeah. No one is gonna be able to get behind it. It's the Golda Meir quote: uh, "We can forgive them for what uh, for what they've done to our children, but we can never forgive them for what we, they've made us do to theirs." 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, you know, all, all of us may get bulldozed into a mass grave, right? But yeah. that's going to be bad. The worst thing is going to be the op-eds about it that they write yeah. after the <laughs> yes. fact. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. They, like, so I, I think that just so just to answer the question properly about, about tragic realism, the formulation is, listen, I'm a liberal. That means I have no ideology. A hundred years ago, uh, there was no ideology in Weimar Germany. Uh, and, and 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 no ideology led to Weimar being the way that it was. Um, mm. Then they made some tough decisions and got through some inescapable dangers of resource-driven geopolitics. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. And and then there was good liberalism for a while with lots of ideology and idealism. Uh, but tragically, we're coming back around on the resource-driven, the scarcity now. So we're going to have to make some tough decisions again. And uh, and don't get carried away with any other ideologies. Again, please remember, I don't have an ideology. I'm a liberal. Yeah. But don't get carried away with any other ideology. Yeah. Because it's time for realism, yeah. yeah. That so that's tragic realism. I, I kind of joke that my ideology is climate Stalin, and what this is is <laughs> yeah. this is like a guy saying, "I regret that it's become grimly necessary for me to become climate Hitler." <laughs> I I uh, and yeah, if we if we're just doing our Twitter bits again, uh, we've combined climate Hitler with half with half of Thatcher's DNA to make the first non-binary intersex Weltführer. Um, I I I uh, no people don't tend to ask me my, directly what my ideology is, but like all clowns, I'm an anarcho-Leninist. Um, do we have <laughs> other questions from the chat for Alan? There is some someone that has just said, uh, this isn't something that we really discussed, uh, mm-hmm. but we can get into it briefly. It says, I came late, but what was the stance about copyright and art? Because I find it incredibly weak that the obsession from creative people is so focused on that being on uh so sorry focused on that being myself included in a field of production and design i feel like the entire profession have a hive mind brain room so i feel like this is talking about the um you know like the copyright issues around ai art which yeah i feel <laughs> like is uh yeah not something that we really touched on here because we haven't really been talking too much about ai art in this yeah we're really talking about thing. automation as a tool of class warfare um, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 but i mean um, it's like you know you get the the standard argument saying like oh well it doesn't matter because and this is an argument that i've entertained in the past as well it doesn't matter because it's just like a a human being and it'll just look at different pieces of art and get inspired in the same way so but it can't create Mm -hmm. anything new so don't worry about it but it's like that's how everything new gets created so it is just Mm -hmm. like well uh, yeah i don't know about that i heard a really good counter to that argument but i've completely forgotten what I mean, my main thing is that it's like I don't I don't have uh like my main issues with AI art generation, AI content generation, I'm gonna uh-huh. say, is um is like the labor issue is the main thing, right? Yeah. You know, it's just like that it's it's pushing out people out of jobs and creating the you know, creating the content obviously pulls from like work that is and has been in um in a lot of cases been proven to be copyrighted content even when they say it hasn't and stuff in general like i feel like in an ideal world we don't you know we don't need copyright because in an ideal world that'll be something that we don't have to worry about um but i i haven't spent too much kind of time digging into it but i don't think that you like the world that we're doing now and the things that we are organizing to protect workers now don't necessarily have to line up with the ideal world that we're making at the end of this, you know? So it's kind of like we can do things 
about we can do things to protect the work and the labor of artists now with the intention that you know it's like but under communism or you know whatever system we don't we don't need this shit you know so i think like there are a lot of people that are saying like you know but isn't the correct position to be anti-copyright it's kind of like well yeah but i mean like i feel like the correct position is always going to be to make sure that people get paid and don't yeah. you know stuff. people should be able to survive <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like yeah in the in the grand scheme of things yes but not now. yeah 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 it's so it's a pretty nuanced discussion obviously yeah. but um yeah i haven't like like i said i haven't really thought about it too much but a lot of my yeah and, and i do i do get that thing where it's like people like i definitely feel like there are corporations that are pushing um the copyright stuff to kind of like i mean it, it gets this kind of like these things like getting artists to um tricking artists into defending copyright laws you know it's kind of the same mm. like i've definitely seen that a little bit and it's right. like mm. you know like i can see what they're doing here but um yeah yeah that's that's something that i'm kind of like aware of and definitely um think that we need to kind of it's something we should be worrying about but mm. um like i said like it's not something that i've thought too much about or spent too much time really digging into i was thinking i have been thinking a lot about um Walter Benjamin's um what is it art reproduction what, what is it called loss of aura um, art, art in the age of mechanical reproduction yeah and like yeah. the concept of aura and art and all this kind of stuff I did see a piece that was like by someone that was like very pro AI art that was trying to like update the concept but I don't think that it really stuck out like their kind of thing was like oh but it you know this art has the aura because it's cool sort of thing and I <laughs> you know like i don't get that but, i uh, um, i disagree with like heidegger i think that vorhandenheit is anything i think is rad um yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i think anything possesses dasein if it if it makes me feel groovy um yeah. no, i would yeah. love to see someone that is like a lot smarter than myself like actually kind of like re-engaging with um benjamin's work regarding that because i think that it's like pretty fertile ground and it's like discussions that people should be having. i might be reading some benjamin soon actually so if you if if you find me a link to that i could i could see if i understand it <laughs> yeah that's the thing for me because it's like i feel like i understand it but you know like yeah you know, yeah yeah who knows? um uh freso asked me have i read four futures i forget the author but published by verso so i've looked it up and freso if someone sends me fifteen pounds through linktr.ee slash Sophie from Mars, I will read it for, just for you, and I will give you my thoughts. <laughs> um, thank you for the recommendation. <laughs> uh, cool. Do we have any more questions while Alice is here? Uh, looks like no. So, Alice, no. anything you want to plug? Uh, I do three podcasts, three whole podcasts. I trash Whoa. future, which is the most like leftish politics one it's ostensibly about technology it's mostly about communism we try and smuggle some communism <laughs> into some nice liberals uh, it's a good time uh, i do a podcast called kill james bond which is a feminist socialist movie podcast and i do a podcast on youtube about engineering disasters which surprise is also a communist called well there's your problem <laughs> uh you can follow me on twitter at alice Avazandam. thanks so much for having me on guys thanks for coming thanks for coming. it was a pleasure um yeah for me too Okay. Awesome. Uh, I guess we'd plug the Patreon. Let me check the notes. What do we? What do we like these questions? <laughs> yeah, it's, what's in the water that we do this? Yeah, we definitely do the Patreon. Oh, so there is a Patreon. There is a Patreon. Everyone, it's at Patreon.com/slash/red underscore planet, and uh, there's so many different ways to support us there. There is one more thing, Tim. Where else can people find you? They can find me on 
Twitch and YouTube as Conquest of Dread, or you can find me over on Twitter as Dread Conquest. Um, YouTube and Twitch is mainly political kind of content. Um, not that I've streamed much for a long time, so I've these Red Planet streams. Over on Twitter is mainly shit posting. Obviously, everything is going to be very a political bent, but um, lots, lot of lots more shit posting happening over there. So if that sounds interesting to you, follow me there. Um, what about DJ Mule? Where can we find more about about this little um, this this cheeky little goblin? This little piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> you can find me. You can find me over at linktree.ee forward slash DJ M-U-E-L. Uh, become a patron. That's my most important one. Give me money. I need money to live and survive. Or you can stop by one of the streams and uh, help me sub off Twitch. Every single uh, stream that I do on Twitch, I always encourage people to sub off Twitch. If you are watching this on Twitch right now or you're listening and you know anything about Twitch and the decisions that it makes, um, which basically fuck over um, all of its smaller creators then you'll know why it is that I do that and you could come and support me um, basically telling Twitch to go shove it um, over there at twitch.tv forward slash DJ M-U-E-L uh, I'm also on Blue Sky at the minute I think all of us are, all of us are on Blue oh, Sky yeah, we are, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, posting exclusive Blue Sky only content if you're lucky enough to be on Blue Sky already, um, then you can find us all. Make sure you 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 just just Google. You, you'll find us in the search bar. We're like the only ones of us on there. Um, but speaking of Blue Sky and and posting, I know someone who does that. It's Sophie from Mars. And where can <laughs> I find more of her? <laughs> you can find me at linktree slash Sophie from Mars. Uh, all my links are there. Uh, the most important one is patreon.com slash Sophie from Mars. Uh, now would be a fantastic time to join my Patreon since I am publishing interviews with Ian Danskin, uh, FD Signifier, and more. Uh, I'm going to be pu- pu- publishing the full interviews with them that are going into my big project, The World Is Not Ending, which is also going to be published soon on Patreon and then soon after everywhere else. Uh, it's been like two years of work and it's nearly fucking done i'm so goddamn excited nice. if you liked the stuff i was saying in this episode especially it will be really relevant to that project uh and like i'm collecting interviews so i can put clips in and i'm gonna gonna put the full interviews up on patreon soon so like i say it's a great time to get onto my patreon.com slash sophie from mars and um yeah that's it that's, that's it. it that's awesome. it thank you that's yeah. it that's it so much. Oh, and don't forget our sweet comrade Kira. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Can never forget. Couldn't be with us today, and you we can definitely get didn't all forget the... just then. You can. We didn't forget. We didn't like. We remembered. Linktree.ee slash Kira chats. There are links there that we can't talk about on Twitch, but if you know what mm. that means, then you know. So if you know, you know. Uh, check out Kira's Linktree. Check out her streams on Twitch. Also at Kira chats. And now that's everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Yeah, see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Planet. If you enjoyed the show, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell all your comrades about it. Find more on the show, including where to watch live at redplanetshow.com. Follow us on Twitter and TikTok at red underscore planet underscore TV. And there's even more on our Patreon, patreon.com slash red underscore planet. Our music is by Jasper Byrne. Red Planet is produced by Comrade Zimmerman in association with Mercenary Creative. See you next week.